Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, the Star Wars special. We are going to be reviewing The Mandalorian. We are going to be playing a brand new game from our Game Master Kirk called Jedi, Sith, or Droid. We are, of course, going to be reviewing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And since we're getting ready to turn the page on the decade, we thought we would look back with a special schoolyard pick of films from this decade. Let's do it. for joining us with your co-host kirk hello hello i am your other co-host cam we hope you had a wonderful beautiful holiday and christmas we hope you got to spend tons of time with family maybe if you're lucky you're still you know riding some pto or still off school or whatever you're just riding the wave straight into the new year i mean that's that would be probably best right the dream um if you're not lucky you were at work today which is a bummer and you might even be at work tomorrow. Are you at work tomorrow, Kirk? Mm-hmm. Ouch. However, you, we can warm your hearts and your sadness of being away from those who aren't working by listening to this episode. That's right. That's right. Because today, meaning day of listening, not day of recording, mm-hmm. is December 31st. It's mm-hmm. the last day of 2019. It's the last day of the 2010s. Is that what we call this decade? The 2010s? You know, that's what VH1 dictated. I hate that. Yeah. How about the teens? Uh, the 20 teens. 20 teens. That's better. How did we say about the nine? Did we say the 1910s? I think we did. Maybe. It just sounds weird. I'm just glad that we're in the, the roaring 20s the again. Roaring 20s. And roaring they will be, Kirk. Yes. They will be roaring. Um, I don't know that for sure. I'm not. I'm not. I don't predict the future. But. I think that you know we'll learn from the past and we'll do it again, mm-hmm. make it better. No, no prohibition this time. Hopefully not. You never know. <laughs> Crazy things. You never know. I mean, if you you know, we there's lots of weird things happening, Kirk. You never know. Yep. I mean, they they made a cats movie, so don't remind me. <laughs> well, no, we will talk about cats. Okay, neither of us have seen it yet. I'm dying to. I am. I'm dying to see it, but we will talk about that. I think. In terms of show structure, we're going to start, you know, because this is a Star Wars special. And I should note, actually, before we jump into all of this, this is a spoiler full episode, Kirk. Full. Full throttle. Full. Charlie's Angels. Full, full throttle, throttle. But with spoilers. Star Wars. Yes. Perfect. So prepare yourself. <laughs> this, is the, this is the Charlie's Angels full throttle spoiler full episode of uh, Popcorn for Breakfast. That's right. Perfect. That really rolls off the tongue. Um, but yeah, so this is all spoilers. We're going full spoiler um, on The Mandalorian as well. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I should confess, I had homework to finish The Mandalorian. I did not do my homework, which is actually, um, that's par for the course, I would say, in terms of how I tended to spend my Christmas breaks when I was in school. No homework, no doing any of the things I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So. I have not finished it. I'm two episodes out. But we can still talk about it. We talk up to episode six, roughly. Well, you can talk about whatever you want. It'll be my punishment. I'm, I'm not really scared. I've seen some things on the inter- interwebs. Okay. But I, I think we'll mostly just focus on the show, how we feel about the show. Okay. In general, just on the whole. I got you. So I if you have not watched, seen 
Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, or all of the Mandalorian. Get out of here. That's right. Go watch it. Or if you just don't care, you yeah. like you want to hear. I, I know there are people out there. Um, I have been one of these people. I did this with Game of Thrones season eight, actually. Okay. Where I didn't watch it, but I watched episode recaps after every one. Such a weird thing. But if you're one of those people who does that, you're like, eh, I don't really need to know. I just kind of want to know to stay relevant so I know what to talk about. Sure. That was what I did with Game of Thrones. Because I by that point, I had stopped watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Now I got like three or four seasons deep, and then I was like, meh, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was talking about it. And so I it. needed to know. And I, I was familiar enough with the characters, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, if you haven't been keeping up with the originals and you want to listen, great. If you care about what happened in this movie and you have not seen it, please shut this off and come back at a later date. Get out. Because we will spoil it and you will be very angry with us. Run. That's right. This is this is not a safe space this time. Nope. Sorry. We're just, we're just letting it fly. We're letting it all <laughs> hang out. So... Um, but before we jump into all of that, we still have a fiduciary responsibility, Kirk, to bring... Fiduciary? I don't think that's actually the right <laughs> word. But I, I was a pre-law minor in college, not yes. to brag. Um, so I thought I would use that. I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to use that word again. So here we are. Banned from the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But we do have a responsibility... It may be a fiduciary responsibility. I don't even know what that word means. To bring the news to the people. Yes. We have to bring the news. Mm-hmm. And there was some news. It wasn't like, oh, you're I'm you're getting prepping. ready. Oh, that <laughs> noise just killed my ears. Okay. I should mention that this will be a slower what's popping because I cut my finger today. Dude. So I don't have two fingers. I have one finger. Stop injuring yourself. First the canker sore and now, I know. I know, you're just like, this is killing you. I know. I don't know how it happened. I just was like, bleeding. Kirk, what happened? Sorry, it was what's popping. I got a little too aggressive <laughs> with the poppins. Okay. I bit my finger while I was trying to practice for today. <laughs> All right, here we go. So uh, we're going to jump into what's popping. Beautiful. Thank you. Still a good quality, even despite your your injuries. And mm-hmm. like I said, I mean that's why that's why you are who you are. That's why you get paid the big bucks. So much money someday, future future money. I hope. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna jump into news. There wasn't like a lot of news, not like a lot a lot, because it was like the holidays. Nobody's really doing anything right now. No. But there was some news, and some interesting news. So here's here's one of my faves. Where we have to talk. As soon as I saw it, I was like, ha! We have to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> James Cameron, or is it Jim, Kirk? I have problems with this because he signs everything Jim, mm-hmm. but he's always credited as James. I mean, he'll always be James Cameron to me. James Cameron. But Jimbo. <laughs> Let's call him Jimbo. I like. I think Jimbo's actually more appropriate. His seat at our table just says Jimbo. Nothing because else. Because here's the thing. like I'm a nickname guy. Mm-hmm. I recently converted. Whenever I went to college, I was like, I am no longer... Cameron, I am Cam. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my name. I'm going to sign that way. I'm going to it's uh, just speaking it into existence, okay? But if I was in a movie and I was credited, it would say Cam Wiggs. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't say it wouldn't say Cameron Wiggs. Yep. Because that's not what I go by anymore. Mm-hmm. You can still call me that and it's correct. But like J- James Cameron signing everything Jim, like signing his tweets as Jim, mm-hmm. and then putting himself in the credits as James Cam. Like you're the director of the film. You do what you want. Right. Anyway, old Jimbo is up to his old tricks again. Okay. (laughs) So Avatar 2, believe it or not, is is happening sometime soon. 
it's been a thousand million years since the first one. It's been 84 years. <laughs> it has. How many years has it been? It's been at least... Gosh, 2009? I think, I want to say 2009. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like 10 years. Correct. Okay. Avatar 2 is coming soon with the helps of our, with the help of our friends at Disney mm-hmm. and Fox, who are the same thing. He says that it will beat Endgame in the box office numbers. Avatar 2 will beat Endgame. Now, Endgame surpassed barely the first Avatar movie. So... You could see he's kind of doing like an apples to oranges thing. Like, oh, my first movie was such a huge deal. It grossed all this money. So the second one's going to be even bigger. There's been like a big long break. You know, it's a sequel to one of the biggest movies ever. It has to be better than Endgame. Your thoughts, Kirk? Not going to happen. That's it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> Here's why. I'll, I'll give you an yeah, explanation. I want to know. <clears throat> so Avatar one as we can now lovingly call it is not that great of a film it's Mm. not um Mm. now it is pretty spectacular you know visually and world and and the the building of the world is very neat yeah but at times it's very boring and you're like wow that's that's a really stupid sequence of events that's happening right now and it's i've never rewatched it since i watched it the first time yeah so i would say i i've i'll disagree slightly okay I've rewatched it a couple of times. Um, I thought it was a. I thought it was a. I thought it was an above average film, okay. but not a great film. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was a narrative that we've seen probably a thousand billion times. Fern Gully dances with wolves. Pocahontas. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. We've seen. We've seen it. Um, but I thought you know for the time it's an iconic movie because for the time it was extremely visually stunning. Right. It holds up, I think, decently well today. Um, I think it holds up because of how it's written. Because it's it's a real planet, but they're avatars, so they're not really there. Sure. So it's a twisted way to make you, when you see it... It makes it a little safer. Yeah, because you're only seeing that planet, that world. Only a few times do you see the actual humans come into play. That's right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. So that part is clever. I'll give yeah, it that. Yeah, I, th- I think it is... But even even with all of that, I think that I, I tend to agree with you that this isn't going to happen just because, first of all, if you see the first movie, even if you like it, I don't think it leaves you in a spot where you're like, man, I want to know what happens next. Correct. Like, it's actually kind of self-contained. And yes. you feel mostly okay with where things end up, and it's like, okay, done. Yeah, it's pretty tidy. You have a general direction of where they're going, Yeah. the, the, the characters who survive. And you're fine with that. Right. So how they're going to make four more of these kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is that when Avatar came out, it was a very different movie landscape. You know, first of all, we were inundated with Avatar advertisements for a full year. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember? Avatar was on everything. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper cans, Super Bowl ads, everything Doritos. I mean, constantly getting ads i mean there must have been a thousand different trailers for this movie and it was right at the advent of 3d 3d had just become a thing it was new it was fresh mm-hmm. this was you know t- touted as being the greatest 3d experience ever this will probably come out in 3d right 
I would assume. Or 5D. He'll actually just drop that the day before. Like, yeah. I've created 5D. <laughs> and 5D is just uh, James Cameron stands in the theater with you, and, like, whenever they go <laughs> over a waterfall, he, like, shoots you in the face with a super soaker. That's, yes. that's what that's going to be, um, which I'm here for that, by the way, if that happens. But, yeah, I just think that um, now that we've seen it, the hype's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it will be. I don't. I don't know that anyone is clamoring for an Avatar two. It's possible that there are some. I know. I know a few people who loved the original, and I still think that. You know, those people aren't like I want all of the Avatar in my life. Mm-hmm. It's just <clears throat> I don't see this one surpassing it. I don't really see it coming close. I think it. What viewership it does get, it will get because it's been so long, mm-hmm. and people will be like, ah, let's see if it's even cooler visually. But I don't think we're talking about a $1.8 billion box office movie. Not likely. The one thing I want to see in these Avatar sequels is... Or what was uh, what was Endgame? 2.1? Maybe. That sounds great. Yeah, I think it was. The one thing I want to see in all these sequels is Sam Worthington was atrocious in Avatar 1. As he is in all things, and then, right? And then he was in Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, that's true. I forgot a, about that. As a supporting character. And he was great. And blew my mind. Actually, the whole supporting cast in that movie overachieved. Gold. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, It was good direction. And Andrew Garfield, phenomenal. Yeah, it's a uh, great movie. So I, I was. I, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think he really, like, kind of like how Colin Farrell had to, like, step out of the, the big spotlight movies and say, okay. I'm just going to do a bunch of other stuff right now. Find myself. Exactly. Artistically. And I think that's what Sam Worthington has been able to do. And I hope that when he comes into Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5 through Infinity. Wasn't he in uh, Man on Man on a Ledge? Which one? There were like four that came out. There were the more year. than one? Oh, man. There were like four. Seriously, like four movies that were out at the same like six months. That was like I Man on he, a Ledge. Ledge on a Man. <laughs> that was I terrible. think he was on the one called Man on the Ledge. I think he was. And I was like, so this whole movie is this guy's on a ledge? With flashbacks. I think Forrest Whitaker's in this one, or he's in a different one. Yeah. It's insane how... Forrest Whitaker's in all of the movie with, movies with flashbacks. Phone booth. Vantage um, point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He's like, what are their flashbacks? Okay, great. I'll be there. Rogue One, even. Rogue One. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a great flashback guy. I look exactly the same. You can make me any age. It doesn't matter. I can be 15. I can be 98 does not matter oh i love him he just transcends age he transcends all things he does maybe he'll be in tenant <laughs> oh i hope so which actually that serves as a great segue i love it into our next what's popping which is we got a full theatrical trailer for tenant mm-hmm. which was before the rise of skywalker and if you were in the theater with us i went berserk after that trailer mm-hmm. um so i want to get i want to get trailer reaction this is this is of course uh tenet which is spelled the same way forward and backwards t-e-n-e-t little palindrome little palindrome on you mm-hmm. um it's chris nolan christopher nolan of course who is one of the great visionary directors of all time he's directed the dark knight trilogy he directed inception uh, he directed Dunkirk, a movie called The Following. He's a mm-hmm. he's a total visionary. What was your thought about this trailer? Of course, we got John David Washington who's starring in this. Denzel's kiddo. That's right. And uh, our Pats, Robert Pattinson, there he is. who is one of our uh, a newly anointed friend of the pop. That's right. What are your thoughts on the trailer? <clears throat> I I loved every second of it. I'm. I'm so confused. Yeah, do you understand anything? Zero. My, okay, I understand great. zero. That's of good. It. That's where you should be. But there's trailers that I see where I get mad 
that I, that are so confusing like that. But this one was able to execute it well. Like here's... I'm trying to remember uh, the Inception trailer. I remember seeing trailers for that movie, but I don't remember if I understood what was happening. I don't think I mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I remember seeing that movie in theaters and being like, what even is this? Yeah. So maybe that's just a Chris Nolan thing. He's like, yeah, you're not going to understand any of this. You're going to need to see this like six times before you fully grasp what I've been working when on. When I'm laying down here, yeah. Because Inception took about 10 years to write, I remember him saying, Christopher Nolan in interviews. It's incredible. Um, I love it. So that dealt with dreamscapes, and this is all about time, which we haven't seen him do before. Yeah, it's the vibe I get. So let's theorize a little bit. Let's do it. If that's okay with you. It's like... They were in some version of reality, or they're like in the afterlife, right? Because at one point, the guy says, welcome to the afterlife, and then it's like, boom, music changes, and there's all these weird things going on. He's like on the boat, and the boat is going backwards. Yep. So, wherever they're at, whether it be reality or like in a different universe, time is occurring in both directions at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's all about like how you look at things. Like it, that's, that was my vibe. It's like, not that time is going backwards or forward, but that it's actually going in both directions simultaneously. Yeah. Like, and they're like a parallel step away from it where they can go in between both. They can, yeah. They can kind of jump between it. What was that terrible movie with Matt Damon? The adjustment bureau. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Maybe this is just a better version of that. Yeah. Chris Nolan saw that and he's like, eh, I'll do you one better. Yes. <laughs> It'll take me 10 years to write it, but I'll do it. Um, I don't know. That's about all I got out of it was like, first of all, Robert Pattinson says not one word nope. in this trailer, not anything. He's just driving that car. Um, there's a, there's a part where they're like s- repelling down a building, but they're actually like, that looks like kind of inception-y because they're kind of like. It looks, it looks like they're going up. They're going they're up going and down, down and at and the same time. It's <sighs> like, what in the world? And then there's the part where Robert Pattinson is like fast driving the car in reverse. Mm-hmm. And a car is like going through a reverse accident. Like it's uncrashing. Yes, that was really neat. <laughs> and so I'm like, are they able to manipulate? Like, are they able to rewind? Like click. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam Sandler shows up. He's got the remote. It's just, it's actually just a, a well, very you... deeply veiled sequel to the movie Click with Adam Sandler. <laughs> you said Afterlife. You know Adam Sandler's character does die. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Click. Like we said, full throttle spoilers. <laughs> you didn't know we were going to spoil Click, but there it is. What if, Cameron? <laughs> what if we have a Christopher Nolan verse? Mm. What if all of a sudden? This like leads like right into Inception. Leo shows up. Oh my oh. gosh! It they end it. They do like a Nick Fury thing, mm-hmm. where like Leo walks in and it's John David Washington. And he's like, "I've got a proposition for you." That's right. Boom! Black screen. <laughs> and his totem is spinning. Yes. As well. yeah. <laughs> oh, are you one of the people that thinks that Leo was in reality or was in he was, Dreamland? Unfortunately, I think he was still dreaming. I don't. I'm on the opposite side of that. I, I re- when I first watched it, I was like, no, no. He gets to see his kids. He absolutely gets to see his kids. He's he's in real life. The totem dropped. But then I've watched it over and over again. I'm like, uh, nah, man. Nah, man. He's just finally reached his kids. He he reached an inner peace, but he is still dreaming. Uh, <clears throat> and it's that makes it more um makes it more torturous. I know it does. And it probably it is torturous. It is probably word. is the more Chris Nolan ending of the two. Yep. But I just really felt like that thing kind of wobbled there. Oh, it did wobble. 
it just yeah maybe he's just lost all concept and even the totem can't be trusted anymore because the totem is now i don't know yep i don't know it's anyway that that's inception review for you right there <laughs> <laughs> but i think tenet looks good that's my that's my take is that it looks good it's gonna I'm be excited. fantastic um okay next one cats i told you we'd talk about cats not gonna be great cats did something that i don't think has ever been done before they released a movie to theaters um and then they said that's not the good version here's the good version (laughs) it's like you turn in an assignment to your teacher and you're like yeah i was i was crunched for time because i my family was you know visiting our cousins in wisconsin and mm-hmm. i have a better version of it i just need to finish the last two paragraphs and so three days later you turn and she's like all right <laughs> you know if i don't get it i'm gonna grade this version and that's what cats did oh. and they what's really funny about this is that the whole reason they rushed it to theaters is to make sure it was within the window for getting considered for awards mm-hmm you know, for the Academy Awards. Right. Um, which, based on the reviews, <laughs> which have been, <laughs> let's just say, less than stellar, uh, we can't speak on the quality of the film, personally, because we've not seen it. But I, can, I can. Critics, I seen it, but I, I absolutely know. <laughs> critics and viewers have not been pleased with it. Um, if you saw it before last Sunday... You saw a lower quality version of the film, <laughs> and then on Sunday they put the new one in the theaters. And the new one, Kirk, you might be interested to know because I know you're very concerned about this. Yeah, yeah. The new one is what will actually be viewed, looked upon for the, consideration for awards. The real submission. Uh, to, to give an example, we posted uh, a quick little meme out there about what happened. You <laughs> in the in the first release of the film, you can actually see the actors' human hands in their full uh, cats costume CGI for technology. Ouch! Yeah, that's not great. It's I, not great. I want to see a version of the. I want to see. I want to have the option on the DVD release though, where I can go pick the bad version and the fixed version. Yeah, no, I want the side by side. I want to be able to watch them both simultaneously. Actually, um, I don't know why. I'd probably like be sensory overload and i just like my eyes would roll in the back of my head and i'd be <laughs> drooling but i do want to see that because i think it would be hilarious to spot the errors and it would be so much more apparent if they were side by side yeah it's absolutely right and i want commentary on the side by side by the cast you know wouldn't it be so much better they'd have they'd have better buzz that way like you yeah know, oh yeah you know how movies come out and they actors can talk about how much they hate them years and years later well i feel like that window is closing they should just lean into it just be like yeah it was a silly dumb movie let's yeah let's, let's, go all in. let's have a let's have a five-hour commentary version where the cast pauses the movie to dissect things yeah and i want everybody they just in the room it. yeah they just talk in a circle about it oh man it'd be fantastic that's what i want well this is your tip cats yeah, whoever whoever's respond Tom Hooper. Yep. You know, I don't know what production company fronted this thing, but let's let's go, let's do it. That's the plan. That's how you're going to make money off of this. I'm there for that, but I am going to see this movie. I I have to see it because even the reviews that I've read that are bad say you must see this. <sighs> so I'm looking forward to it, and I can't adequately say how bad it is. If it's even bad, maybe I'll like it. You never know. What if we see it and we absolutely love it? It's po- it's 100 <laughs> possible because art is interpretive kirk and you just you view it and you like it 
and you view some things and you don't like it and that's just that's the name of the game i have a fear because i was not a robert pattinson fan and now i'm i want to be his best friend yeah he's he's uh he's on the list Mm -hmm. him and adam driver i'm like injected into my veins so what if cats becomes also injected into our veins i don't know we're seeing cats you and i and our our wives at the uh at the fox theater here in st louis later are later in 2020 Mm -hmm. so should i see the movie before i see the show i'm going to yeah i think so Mm -hmm. the music is great it is great so and i mean they have taylor swift and jason derulo yes sir ian mckellen all known to be great (laughs) just (laughs) all known to be fantastic vocalists i don't know about ian mckellen can he sing Probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah he's, he's he's one of those guys. He's one of those old Hollywood guys who like just can do everything. Yes. I mean, when Judy Dench was in there, I was like, obviously mm. she's <laughs> fantastic. I'm sure she sings like an angel. Yeah, they're she... both they're both knighted, you're right? She's lady. Yeah, and, Dane. Yeah. She's Dane and he's Sir, yeah. Yeah. So good for them. And I, James Corden, Sir no. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I am bummed. I, I wish we could, I wish I could have sprinted. Actually, when I read the the tweet that said that they're or the, uh, I think it was Rotten Tomatoes was the first one to report it, that they were putting a new version out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I must get to the theater tonight to see it. <laughs> the bad version. <laughs> yeah, the, I must see it before it's gone because uh, oh. we'll, it'll never see the light of day again. Yeah, there's a small, a very small, I want to stress how small amount of people went and saw mm-hmm. this piece of history. Well, yeah, because it came out the same weekend as Star Wars. <laughs> bad move. You know, it's just, that's never smart. That means that those people who saw that were legitimately choosing Cats over Star Wars. Right. Um, which, hey, to each their own. I'm sure there are plenty of people that aren't Star Wars fans, but, like, man, that is tough, tough sled, and I don't know how they ever expected to be successful with that strategy. All right, we can stop bashing on them now. Yes, next. This one is just weird, beyond all weird. Mm-hmm. Zach Efron was filming a show for Quibi. Quibi. Yeah. Yet another streaming. We haven't even talked about that one yet. Briefly. Quibi, Quibi, Peacock, the whole, all of them. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, I'm, I'm over it. But Quibi show called Killing Zac Efron. So the show is called Killing Zac Efron. Yep. He was recording, he was filming it in Papua New Guinea while he was there. He became very ill. Coincidence? I think not. Kirk. <laughs> he's recording a show called Killing Zach Efron, and he nearly—I don't know that he nearly died, but for dramatic effect, I'll say he nearly died. I hear he died, and we have the Avril Lavigne effect. They found like a lookalike. Oh, they just replaced him, and they're just replacing the government his life. killed Zach Efron. That's right, and they replaced him with a body double. Yeah, too bad no one's that beautiful. And that's the problem. Oh man, he is pretty spectacular. That's the thing is, Avril Lavigne is kind of like an every person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, she could be she could be somebody that you walk across in the street. That was the genius of the government's plan. It was to kill Avril Lavigne and then replace her. What if they cloned him though? What if they cloned Zac Efron? Of course, cloned him and copied all of his voice and yeah. put it inside him, and he, they're reissuing him Zac Efron 2.0. It's possible. I don't know why. There's because... an agenda. <laughs> He is the next Manchurian candidate. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So that'll be one of our other conspiracy theories that we investigate during our investigative journalism portion. Yes. First up is going to be, did Tom Cruise actually die long ago and what we have now? Mm-hmm. Actually, all of our conspiracy theories are people dying and being replaced by a double. That's right. So we'll just continue to make these up and just chase them down. That's its own separate podcast series. Because, no, but it, it does make you wonder. Tom Cruise looks so young 
Vampire. How does maybe he's a vampire? Sure. Maybe he died and was replaced. That's my theory. I think mm-hmm. he died long ago and was replaced with someone else. And they just keep it's kind of like um Lassie. They just kill <laughs> they just kill him and then they give get a new one every time. It's like school pets. <laughs> <laughs> and each Tom Cruise thinks that they're actually Tom Cruise because they've been going through for the early portions of their life which were accelerated of course to make sure they get to the right age. Right. They've been going through brainwashing to make them experience everything that Tom Cruise has experienced. So there's no inconsistencies because he is a better man now. I mean, he had the 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 life of Scientology. Yeah, and he's really. I don't know if he still attends. He it, jumped the couch. You know, he right? Was, you know, he was he was with Katie Holmes, and now he's not. I just think that he's like roll, just kicking out movies left yeah, and right. I still feel like Katie Holmes is the real victim in all of this. I mean, One million just, percent. She she was if. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise was a tsunami, and she was the only one left in his wake that was just destroyed. Yes. Because where is she at? Is it, can someone please check on Katie Holmes? Please. I'm, f- I'm, con- <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm very concerned. Um, okay, that's what's popping. Wow, that was a trip. Love it. We went down a lot of different lanes there, and now we're officially transitioning. We need a sound effect or something. There, ooh, that was actually pretty good. Like a lightsaber. That was that was really good, actually. Thank you. I was very surprised by how good that was. Okay, well now you're just milking it, and that's <laughs> not flattering at all. Okay, the Star Wars po- portion of the show. Ready? We're diving headlong into Star Wars. First, we're going to review the Mandalorian. Let's go. Okay. Then we're going to do our game. Then we're going to review Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. The Mandalorian. Eight episodes. All of them were different lengths. Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> None were. of them were a standard length at all. Was yep. the finale uh, extra long? It seemed long. It's not like in a bad way, but it seemed like at least an hour. Okay. Because episode six was like, the, that was the most recent one that I watched, and it was like 46 minutes long, mm-hmm. which I was like, why is this one longer? Yeah. I was very confused by that. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on the whole thing. I want to get... I want to talk a little bit about the series and where we kind of think it goes um, from here because we know actually John Favreau confirmed, which which we all knew this, but John Favreau confirmed earlier this week that season two is coming in fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be on presumably for the foreseeable future. Every fall we'll get eight fresh episodes of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'll ask you because you got to watch every single episode. I did. Do you feel like you have a good grasp on where things are going for season two, or do you think it's all up in the air? I think that they were very clear where they were going okay. next. Good. Which I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that too. I think the whole show has been fairly direct mm-hmm. for the most part. Now, after episode three, and we've talked about this a little bit, episode three is the turning point of the show. Mm-hmm. So episode one, you get the big reveal I think episode one is fantastic. It's one of the best first episodes I've ever seen. Really incredible. Loved it. I watched it like six times. I, I loved it. But then episode two felt like a bit of a step backwards in terms of plot dev and just overall storytelling. You know, it was it was still very good. It was still very effective, but it was kind of off the beaten path and we're like, eh, this doesn't really advance anything that we built in the first one. Mm-hmm. Episode three is where you get the turning point with all the Mandalorians kind of rallying to help him get out. He, you know, steals the child from the people who he gave him to. Right. And kind of sets out. 
And then from there, at least from what I've seen, we've bounced around a little bit. We were over here. We're over there. We're like trying to get by, you know, now that we're not really affiliated. And by when I say we, I mean Mando, not really affiliated with the guild. You know, he's kind of betrayed the guild in a way and is trying to make ends meet while also trying to like find a place for the child to live because he doesn't want to take care of him. And Mm -hmm. it's a whole thing. But, um, I want to get your thoughts on just like the overall flow of the show, what your thoughts are and, and how you think, uh, just like an overall, like we can score it. Let's score it. Oh gosh. No, let's not score it. That's too scary. (laughs) But just basically, are you, are you cool with season one? Do you feel like, you're excited for season two, et cetera. Yeah. I'm cool with season one. I think that they, uh, I think I ho- think, and I hope that they learn a lot from season one. Cause like you said, episode one home run episode two, not so great. Episode three, great four, not so great. Five, great six, not so like it's every other episode actually yeah. is their exact pattern. Ex- and except for episode seven and eight, those are home runs as well. I thought. Yeah. I think, what what what's kind of difficult about this show is a couple things. First of all, it is a very simple concept, mm-hmm. which I love. Like, don't get me wrong, I love it. I love that at the end of episode one, it's just like you're left with a very simple story, nothing convoluted, nothing crazy. It's like, hey, we've got Mando, we've got the child. That's it. You mm-hmm. know, they're gonna try to live. That's the whole story. I loved that. Mm-hmm. But also, what you end up with when you do that is they go through, you know, these very episodic side stories that's just, like, them living life. Like, oh, the Jawas raided my ship and stole all the crap off my ship, and Mm -hmm. now I have to go get it back. Like, these things that don't really do much of anything for the overall story, they're just kind of like a day in the life. And I think those episodes are the weakest ones, but I would hate to make the plot more convoluted, so it's kind of like live by the sword, die by the sword a little bit. Yeah, in my mind, the, the way you could fix that is if you still, if they really feel that they still need those moments, then they could tighten that up, have a few longer episodes, and cut this back to six episodes. Yeah, sure. Because we didn't need a full half an hour we didn't, or 45 minutes on those episodes that really didn't hit the mark. Um, I, I feel that's where that's where this struggled, where it, it just uh, lingered on to to give us people that places that we didn't need to spend that much time on. Yeah, I think so too. And, and in those episodes, um, actually in most episodes, the supporting cast really struggles. Yes. Um, I think because they're not, so you watch shows like, I'm trying to think of these big iconic shows like breaking bad and house of cards and stranger things. You get these characters that are supporting characters, but they're not just there for one episode. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they actually have them come along for the ride and the Mandalorian, you get a little bit more of that, like one shot kind of character. So I think it was episode five where it's like him and that bounty hunter, that like guy who wants to be a bounty hunter and like wants to be in the guild. Yes. That guy's not great. You know, mm-hmm. episode six, you have all these people. He's like doing that side mission to rescue the person from the prison. Mm-hmm. And you've got like Bill Burr and some of those other uh, rando people mm-hmm. they're not like they're not good and i think that because of the fact that they're only using those people for one episode they're not able to get the quality of talent and they don't have and i don't want to say talent because that's that's a little bit rude but 
they don't have the time to build a character over time. I wonder if these characters are like deep in the Star Wars lore, like in the books and such, and they felt like they were trying to sprinkle them in because that's part of the toxic fandom is that they're like, well, you're not putting all these other people that you approved and put yeah. in your novels and stuff. So I wonder if that's part of it too. And if that's the case, hopefully they'll show back up in season two to make this worth the while and worth the effort. Yeah, I mean, based on what I have seen, and I don't have extensive knowledge, I wouldn't classify myself a Star Wars historian <coughs> by any means, but there's less of that and more of, like, they're incorporating different worlds and species and stuff in there, but not, like, specific characters mm-hmm. from the lore, you know? Um, but, yeah, I think that there is there is a lot of fan service going on in yes. anything Star Wars that comes out now, because, like you said, we've had a lot of people scream loudly about their opinions of Star Wars, and those people... I would say, or and we'll talk about it a little bit more with the rise of Skywalker. Those people have made a difference mm-hmm. in the kind of Star Wars content that we get. Um, I think that this show is interesting because it's the first real, it's the only long form live action Star Wars that we've gotten, and so I think that that um, presents some challenges, but also makes for a really cool experience to get to spend as much time with a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've spent more time with Mando you know, as a solo character than we probably have with any other character in terms of total screen time. It's true. Um, so that's an interesting thing, but I mean, I guess my overall thought on this show is that it does a really good job. I think it feels like, it feels like a true homage to the original trilogy. I think what they've, what they've, um, accomplished, what they've built stylistically is really impressive in terms of, it looks like the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Like it looks and feels like it. The fact that they've gone, you know, more puppet heavy than CGI, I think has worked in their favor. It's sometimes it's a little clunky, but I mean, it was in the original trilogy as well. Mm -hmm. But I think that overall what they've done from a design perspective is really spot on. Yeah. Um, really like Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. I think he's spot on. Um, he's, he's a great actor. So I think he was the right choice. I think the storyline, the core story is really strong and what they're getting to there, at least from what I've seen with him and the child, I think it's really compelling it's, uh, you know, everybody's always been kind of obsessed with the Mandalorians and f- because of Boba Fett and Jango Fett and all the other characters that we've been introduced to, but we haven't gotten a deep dive into the culture. I think mm-hmm. what they've done there has been really good. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I, my thoughts on this show, even though I've been slightly critical of it, it's, it's all nitpicky. I'm really a big fan. I'm excited for season two. I'm excited to finish season one when I finally get to it. Um, I think it's strong. And, and I, I'm excited to see more. Yeah, they close it up really strong. I'm going to spoil you on one one thing. But yeah, feel free. I think it'll make you more excited because it made me more excited. We talked about the supporting cast and how they need more uh, They need more of a backstory. They, and they need to be given given it from the creators of the show. The, um, the, the rebel fighter, Cara Dune, I think is her name. I don't think we learn her name until episode seven. Okay. <clears throat> Just yeah. the girl that's fighting alongside right. him that he finds with the child. Um, so we find out that she is from Alderaan. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, okay, there we go. So they, yeah. need, they need more of that because it's more of the tie-ins, more of the backstory. Yeah, I agree. Until they said that, I was like, this girl's expendable. They're going to just waste her in episode seven or eight. Uh, and they, they dropped that at the uh, near the end of episode seven. And I was locked in then. And now I want her to succeed in life. Yeah, it just makes you start to feel... And I've always kind of wondered what the point, what the purpose of this show was in the whole 
ecosystem mm-hmm. of Star Wars. And with it being placed after episode six, I feel like it feels like a pretty interesting time to put a show because that's that's an era that we don't know a ton about. Right. Um, obviously, we can make some assumptions based on where we end up in episode seven of some things that went down, but we don't get to see it. Um, so I'm hoping they do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping they show us like, here's how we got to the first order and here's how things went. And also, we never see baby yoda in the new trilogy Mm -hmm. so like did not where is it Mm -hmm. it's this super seemingly super powerful force sensitive being of the same you know species as yoda there's lots of crazy things going on and you know that would need someone of that caliber to help out Mm -hmm. like where is it is it still just too young does it die you know like right does it just get like someone finally catches up with it before we reach the new because it feels like too significant of a character and and a being to live in that whole universe to not be a part of all of that right so i do feel like we need an explanation there i i assume we don't get it at the end of season one i assume baby yoda is still around he's still alive yeah Yeah. Yeah. we we leave season one baby yoda is still alive and kicking alive well so yeah trying to think of what else Do we I... figure out its name no no name dang it well i mean i guess it doesn't have a name i was ho- i was kind of expecting them to name to name they him. should name it maybe that's episode one of season two uh one yeah. thing that they did do in the final episode uh of the season is they really pl- poked fun at itself there's a scene where there's the the stormtroopers have captured baby yoda for a brief period of time and they're just waiting for cues for what to do next and they just like take out their blasters and start shooting at like some sort of space can and they miss every shot (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome which from what i understand has not been visually um and uh visually noted like and expressed and identified with like man we suck this is terrible yeah it hasn't been canon yes i don't think it would i don't i think that would probably be the first instance of it being canon though in episode six they allude to it too the one that i just watched that's true they say uh so and so was a imperial sharpshooter and he's like not that impressive exactly like, i right. wasn't a stormtrooper yet yep yeah so <laughs> that's that was kind of the first inkling where i was like oh that's kind of funny because that's that's now like somewhat canon in mm-hmm. a way that stormtroopers are bad at aiming i think that's that brings up another good point which is that this show really capitalizes on the fun loving side of star Wars a lot, which I probably wasn't expecting. I was, ex- I mean, it, I was expecting very dark because of the, the speared stormhead uh, yeah. stormtroopers on, on you. And, and it is dark at times, mm-hmm. uh, darker, I should say than, than some of the other star Wars stuff. But it overall, I think it's very lighthearted and fun. The complaints I've heard from other people is that they think this is too violent. And oh, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they went too far at all. Yeah. I think it's just the right amount. Uh, I mean, when, uh, in the first two, three episodes, when Mando has that, that saber that just like disintegrates people, they don't explode. They literally they like just dissolve into sparks and ash. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, if you want it to be violent, I mean, they can go Tarantino and really show some Well, and like even in, in a lot of episodes, he's killing droids. Right. You know, like, he's just killing droids. And if you see him kill a stormtrooper or something, you don't really see much. Exactly. I mean, it's no more violent than like the force awakens whenever there's blood splattered on Finn's helmet, you know, whenever he's a stormtrooper. Right. Certainly no more violent than limbs getting chopped off by lightsabers, which happens. Thank you. I don't know. It's, that's an interesting take. I wonder if just because the tone is slightly darker that people feel it's more violent. 
Maybe. Um, I think the fight sequences are, are absolutely incredible. Really um, well choreographed. Yep. Clever, um, surprising. Uh, you think that it's going to go one way and it, it really just turns turns the table on you. They're, they take expectations and they break them. They're like, oh, this he's probably going to go in here and punch this guy. No. He like trips him and then like shoots him. Like it's it's great. Just simple things like that make yeah. the, the fight scenes more interesting. Yeah, I will say that it's not the world's most predictable show by any means. Yes. I mean, some, some elements of it are predictable in terms of like the overall story arc, but within each episode, they keep you guessing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really enjoy that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like we both have pretty favorable opinion of this show. I think that, yeah, it's not perfect by any means. Um, I think it's great star Wars content. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for more. For Wraps sure. up really well. There is a, there is a major character death, uh, in this series. I won't, I, I can't, Ooh. I can't spoil you on it. I just can't, my, myself can't let that out. Mm. If you're listening, it's Babu Frick, isn't it? He shows up in episode seven. Oh, I love Babu Frick. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> well, he can't. Then you have to, because he shows. It. Did you know that Moaning Myrtle plays I, the voice of Bobby Frick? I did. I looked it up right after the movie. Incredible. Yes. Blew my mind when I heard that. I, I was like, I wonder what. I wasn't wondering what she was doing. <laughs> now I know that. <laughs> wonder what Moaning Myrtle's up to these days. Oh, she's Bobby Frick. Rise of Skywalker. Sweet. Yes. That's the only reason I went to see Rise of Skywalker. Actually. Staying relevant. You're a big Moaning Myrtle guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's Mandalorian. Any, anything else in the Mandalorian? No, I think we're good. Yeah, I know there's a lot of, what do we call it? Mando heads. Is mm-hmm. that what we call Mandalorian fans? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I will say one more thing. Sure. Uh, as expected, we, we they're teased at the whole series. We wanted to see... Uh, Mando with his helmet off, right? We get that moment. It happens? It happens. Oh. That I will spoil you once yeah, since yeah. you haven't seen it yet. I mean, I assumed. And is it Pedro Pascal or is it somebody else? It's um, <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. It's Ted Danson. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would be... It's Keanu Reeves is who it is. Oh, that'd be fantastic, That would be too. pretty cool. But I, I knew the moment was coming. I was like, yes, this is great. And... <laughs> No disrespect, because Pedro does a fantastic job yeah. being in a mask and portraying everything with his voice. But the expression on his face, I just kind of giggled at a little bit, because <laughs> it's not what I wanted when his helmet comes off. Yeah, I mean, he looks so cool with his helmet on. <laughs> it almost kind of ruins it in it, a way. It does a little bit. I don't think that was maybe the best way that they could have shown him yeah. take his helmet off. Sure. And I think, I think it's the director's fault of that episode. I think the angle should have been changed and i think it would have been fine was it episode eight uh i think it's episode seven actually i was gonna say because episode eight is take a <clears throat> i think right i'm pretty sure it's near the end of episode seven i might be episode eight i don't know sorry uh, we'll figure it out well then it's the i'll let you know because i yeah I need to, I'll, I'll watch it and let you know um all right that's the mandalorian if you're a mandalorian fan mando head whatever we want to call you i don't know mm-hmm. hit us up we want to hear all of your thoughts all of them well, not all of them. No. But but the good ones. Most of them. Yes. Write down the good ones <laughs> and share them with us and we can talk about it. All right, Kirk. I think it's time for a game. Let's do it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the need for a game right now before we go any further. I love it. And this game, you, I know very little about it as usual, which I, I like and hate. I like and hate that I know nothing about these games. But it is called Jedi, Sith, or Droid, correct? Yes, it is. All right. Let's, uh, can you walk us through the rules here? Absolutely. I have generated some random celebrities Ooh. of past, present, not future. future. <laughs> oh, that was going to be really cool. I was going to be like, what? I just give you random names. <laughs> so 
this guy's gonna be famous yeah great <laughs> this girl's the next you know whatever so these these celebrities we're gonna we're gonna decide we're gonna categorize them uh based off of just like gut feelings gut reaction okay on if they would be a jedi a sith or a droid mm, i feel like droid's the hard one you'd think it would be but i don't know i don't know there's some pretty um robotic people out there yeah but there's the- also like star wars droids are you know kind of like sarcastic they're mm-hmm. kind of a little bit snarky mm-hmm. they're uh they're different they're not just straight robots that's right so there's lots of options and we can talk about why we think they are or not or just leave it at the answer that we choose all right i'm ready fired up first up we have international pop star shakira Ooh, shakira her hips do not lie. Her hips don't lie. That's right. Um, I think I'm going Sith. Mm-hmm. What about you? Sith was in my head as well. Yeah, she's got a darkness to her, you know. She she always is wearing red, usually, mm, right? Right. Red flag of being a Sith. She's really friendly, though. I saw her on when she was on uh, The Voice. Wasn't she a host on The Voice? Possibly. Yeah, she was great. She was so nice. It's because she's very manipulative. I think, yeah, I do. I think that she could be, I think she could be a Sith. Mm-hmm. I think she could be the top of the Sith, you know, because she, she'd be able to convince you. Like, um, what's her face in uh, Solo? Yes. She's on her way, right? You know? That's right. Yeah, just like that. Like, basically, she seems super nice and friendly, and that's how she recruits people. And she just pulls the rug out. But then she's yeah. like, yeah, we're... We're trying to kill everybody. So, Shakira, you are a Sith Lord. I think she is. Uh, congratulations. It's a high honor. We see you. Next up, Robin Williams. Ooh, Robin Williams is a droid. <laughs> Robin Williams is a droid, but like a really great droid. He's like, um, oh, that droid from Rogue One. The, mm-hmm. That IG something. Something. Isn't he an IG unit? Maybe. I think he is. Um, Bebo? No, 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 no. What is that guy's name? I'll look it up. Okay. I'll look it up. Yeah. I'm terrible with character names, man. I have such a hard time. Well, especially in Star Wars when they are a droid and they're just numbers and letters mixed up. I was going to go Robin Williams Jedi, actually. Mm. I thought he could bring Explain. some bring some uh, lightness to the horrors that are happening in the world of, in the universe that are, that are plagued. I thought, you know, he'd be sitting there on the council of the Jedi and just like cracking jokes. I know, but that doesn't feel very Jedi-ish. It doesn't, but you need that guy. You need someone to... Oh, K2SO. K2SO. Yeah. You need someone to, uh, to make things a little bit better in your world. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's like the comedic relief, which is really what they use the, the droids for, but I like it. I I think... But he's, we also know he's good though. He's inherently good. Yep. That's what we agree on. I think that's true. Yes. I think so that's true. He does not land in the Sith in what oh, in no any way, way, shape, or form. No way. All right, next up, we've got Kanye West. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going Jedi. <laughs> I'm going Jedi. I, I am. Because I gotta tell you, I know that Kanye is a c- controversial figure. He okay? is. So I'm just gonna I'm trigger warning on this take <laughs> trigger warning this is this could trigger some people out there he has a new he has a gospel album out yes and it's good man i didn't i didn't want to listen to it i didn't want to at all and then i was at work one day and i was like man i'm kind of bored and it was recommend <laughs> it was recommended for me on, on spotify i was like eh, i guess i'm gonna listen to it fuego i mean just straight fuego nice so i was like you know what kanye i'll give you that and his old stuff is great. 
and he just seems like he would be a Jedi. I don't think he. I don't think he would be a Sith mm-hmm. because I don't think he is conniving enough. I would cle- agree. Clever enough. I I would definitely agree <laughs> to be a Sith. I think he's just like. I think he means well. Mm-hmm. Potentially, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna go droid on Kanye okay, okay. this time. I think that uh, Kanye is so bizarre that there's no way he's actually human. <laughs> it's possible. And I think he just gets reprogrammed every couple of years. Well, what's cool, too, is that when you're a droid, you kind of talk with Autotune, which yes. is something he likes to do a lot, is talk with Autotune. At the end of his shows, right? He just yeah. like kind of rambles. Instead of singing, he just talks. Mm-hmm. So I think he would enjoy that. He could be a droid. Yeah, I like that take. But I like Jedi Master Kanye, both, too. Both are fantastic. I can, also, I can Kanye see... sounds like a Jedi name. It does. Yeah. I Master Master Kanye West. What can we do to, <laughs> to resolve the droid, problems of the Empire? He'd be a KW. KW. <laughs> Fitty. <laughs> That'd be his name. <laughs> oh, next. This is, this is great. We're going to go with Miss Emma Stone. This oh, is a tough uh, one. I mean, she's a Jedi. I love Emma Stone. Yeah. She's fantastic. She can do no wrong. She, she can do no she can do no wrong. <laughs> None. None. Has she been a villain in any of Well, the... she's gonna be Cruella de Vil. Yes. She mm. is. Other than that, I don't know that she's been a villain or like a bad person. Always just a rebel. Yeah. Kind of like a yeah, she's a societal outcast or not an outcast but she mm-hmm. just kind of lives on her she's dances to the beat of her own drum that's her character mm-hmm. well for that reason i'm going sith Ooh, she's Kirk. gonna she's gonna you know she like you said break society societal rules and norms and fourier well, wash your mouth out with soap <laughs> for saying that how dare you i am uh i'm convinced that she would be like a predecessor of darth vader like <clears throat> spin-off series like he was training her on the side and uh, she's going to pop up on episode 10, if 10 ever existed. Well, she's a phenomenal actor. Right. And the thing is, you have to be, you kind of sort of have to be a better actor to be a villain, mm-hmm. a good one, because you have to have, you have to be inherently evil in most cases. Right. But you have to convince people of why you are the way you are. So you have to convey a lot of things through emotion, mm-hmm. through subtext. Yeah, I could see it. Sweet. I love Though it. She's amazing. I love her. Who else do I got here? Lady Gaga. Sith. I agree. Easy. Easy. (laughs) No explanation. Well, she just, she dresses, you know, she wears the right clothing for that. She would, she would see the, the options, Jedi robe or Sith. She's going all black. Sith. One million percent. She would be bomb. I think we'd all be in big, big trouble if Gaga's a Sith. Cause she's incredible. I mean, she, her voice. Mm hmm. I, I had probably forgotten how amazing she is, mm. and then A Star is Born came out, and I was like... Whoa. Yeah, she'd be like a siren Sith. Like, she would just, like, lure people in and then just decapitate them. She would destroy the whole galaxy with her amazingness. And she's such she's so certain in who she is and her choices that she wouldn't have to think twice. Like, I don't care. This is right. She would look bomb. She'd probably have, like, a black um, star yes. on her eye. Oh, that'd be a sick be Star Wars cool, right? <laughs> character costume. I love, I love that. it. Oh, <laughs> uh, next up, we're gonna go. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> droid. <laughs> I'm going droid. I'm going droid for Nick Cage. Oh man, I, I'm gonna go Jedi. Ah, oh, 
I'm gonna go Jedi on Nick. I mean, I like Nick Cage. I just really feel like he's. I feel like he's a droid in my mm-hmm. heart. Now, would he be? Um, would would he have like a model that has legs and arms, or would he just be like a capsule? I think he'd be like an artificial intelligence. Ah, he has gotcha. No body. Gotcha. He's in a ship. He just talks. Yeah. And it's his voice, obviously. <laughs> he'd be an interesting Jedi master, though. I, th- I think he'd bring a. I think he'd bring some flavor to the Jedi Order. I think kind he, of a dull bunch. Yes, I think he would be a, a Jedi trainer, like specifically his role in the Jedi universe. And then he would make people so angry that he would create Sith, um, Sith um, they would followers. Be like, this guy, <laughs> I gotta spend six months with Nick Cage in the Jedi Temple. Are you kidding me? And then they go back for revenge to take him down. He slaps him in the face like that one. What is that movie that he slaps that oh. old lady in the face? Oh, I can't think of it. Rats. Yeah, we'll just reuse that scene in his in his movie. <laughs> okay, let's do one more. One more. You ready for this? Yep. Final one. Let's go. Last one up. This one's a tough one. I don't know if you're ready for it. I am so ready. <laughs> We're going to go. We're going to go Jack Nicholson. Sith. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is just scary. He just is. Yes. And I've seen him in You know, he is. He's too charming. You know, mm-hmm. you just got to. You can't trust him. You can't trust him at all. If I, I would also choose Sith, and I would also place like a backstory on Emperor Palpatine, and he would be Emperor Palpatine's father, or he could be Darth Plagueis the Wise. Oh my gosh, that's he could be he so could be good. Palpatine's trainer. Yes, the one who found the found a way to cheat death. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. He's like the ultimate Sith. I think he would be. I think he is. I love that. Yeah, let's speak it into existence. I mean, we don't ever get a visual representation of Darth Plagueis in the movies, so let's just say it's him. It's Jack Nicholson. Ugh, that's giving me the heebie-jeebies even thinking about him. It'd be so good. It would be great. It would be great. No offense to um, Ian McDiarmid, but yeah. um, is that how you say his last name? Sure. It's a hard one. But Jack Nicholson would be dope as a Sith Lord. That's the perfect casting I right would, there. I would, you know, like there are people out there who are like, well, if you look at it a certain way, the Sith are the good guys. I would almost be convinced of that if it was Jack Nicholson. I bet he would get me there. He would give us so all of his motive. Because think of him and a few good men. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's He'd be like, Luke, are you kidding me, man? He Luke. is certain that he is doing right by, yeah. by his choices. Exactly. Oh, man. Missed opportunity, it I really, have to say. really is. I maybe, wonder if he ever read for the part. Well, maybe we'll see it in some, <laughs> some kind of spinoff, you know? Yes, one of the Ryan Johnson movies. It's possible. I'd be all for that. You know, Kevin Feige is going to produce a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Just saying, Kevin. Food for thought. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nick- Jack's still out there. He's still out there. He'll do it. Here's Johnny. I, don't, I, mean, I don't think he'll do it, but I, he might. You never know. I, I think it's a perfect opportunity. That has been Jedi, Sith, or Droid. Well, that was a fun game. That was really fun. I'm going to do this for the rest of the night. I'm just going <laughs> to... Because you had a you had a generator, right? That was just like spitting out names. I, I did, yeah. It said um, generate celebrities, and I just clicked it. And I clicked it, and I clicked it over and, and over again. And it was again. like Adele Dazim. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm gonna, that's going to be me for the rest of the night. I'm just going to go through a random celebrity generator and scroll through it and just be like, Sith, Sith, Sith. I'll send you the link. Yes, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, which that acts as a perfect segue into <coughs> our review of... A ginormous film. The biggest film that we've reviewed on this podcast. The biggest review that the biggest film that we've maybe will review for a while here. 
Yes. Because we didn't get a chance to review Endgame. Mm -hmm. We started the podcast later. Just missed it. Missed opportunity. By several months, but we just missed it. I know, Kirk. We're too... We just procrastinate. We're like, oh, yeah, we got to start that podcast. When are we going to do that? Like five years from now? But think about if we had to have both episodes in our first year of podcasting. Oh. Whew. Too much. Too much pressure. It would be. It would be. So we stored up all our energy for this one. Boom. And to those who came to view the movie with us, thank you so much. It was... We had a blast, I think. Yes. I mean, at least I did. We did Star Wars trivia. People were killing it, just shouting out the answers. I was very impressed. They There were, like, no wrong answers. They, yeah. they all had them. Because those questions, in my mind, were somewhat difficult. I'll be honest with you. I did not know all the answers yeah. before I read the full sheet. They were difficult. They were difficult. But you know what? I expected no less of our listeners and the people who joined us. I, I knew they were going to crush it, and mm. they did. Um, let's dive into this movie. We're going to get unstructured just like we did with Mandalorian. Now, what we will do is we will score this as we do all of our film reviews, but we're not doing, uh, director shoes. The Oscar goes to tweet synopsis. We're just going to kind of rap about this one. There's too much information to limit it. There is. So we'll start with some opening thoughts and then we'll just kind of build the discussion from there and see where this takes us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, so my notes are not in order. They were just stream of thought. Yeah. The night that we saw the movie, I'm laying in bed. Um, Aubrey had fallen asleep. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I grab my phone, and I just start typing notes. So uh, here's one of them. You ready? Yeah. I think that uh, Lando's scenes were kind of the worst. (laughs) They they could have used a different vehicle for the plot points that he dropped. I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought Billy D was... I, I, I don't know. I don't really understand the purpose of bringing that character back. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they just kind of did it to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Billy D. Williams is still out there and around. Let's do this. He's, he's free, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, he, they weren't particularly well acted. They weren't particularly well written. And, like, that nugget that they drop at the end with him and Janna? Where? Why? Like, why is that a thing where he's like, let's find out, you know, she's like, I don't know my family. I don't know my history. And he's like, well, let's go find out. Like, does that, what are we implying here? Is he her father or grandfather? Grandfather? Or are they related? Does he somehow know that they're from the same planet? Cause she was a stormtrooper. Yes. Who kind of abandoned her post. And yeah, that was an interesting choice. I, I, that bit was weird. He and also, then Billy D just in general, I didn't think was great. Doesn't he like pop in and like sit next to Leia for like two seconds too and tell her something? He does. Yeah. That part, I was like, where did you come from? Where, where you like just appeared out of nowhere? Yeah, and I have to say, man, the Leia stuff just to kind of transition. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that it's nobody's fault that we were in that position, but it just felt weird. Mm-hmm. She was very obviously not there. Mm-hmm. She was only speaking like these weird vague lines that were clearly ripped and we know, we know they were ripped from other stuff. So again, like this isn't anybody's fault, but it just was all wrong. Yeah. It just was all wrong. It's unfortunate. I was both impressed and annoyed at the Leia stuff. I was like, Whoa, like that's pretty good how they like cut out her entire background and (laughs) reframed her in this one. Yeah. It was actually executed well, but then at, at the same time I was like, we don't need this. Um, and this is probably, part of our, our own you know faults for having expectations of how the story should go right but you and i previously talked about how we wanted this episode to open up with leia's funeral 
Yeah, I think know? they should have killed her off screen. And just have this glorious funeral for her. And, you know, they could have used those extra scenes as like Force Ghost Leia, like sh- just popping wisdom in on everybody. I think that could have been stronger. Yeah. It, anytime you have somebody with an untimely death, it's unfortunate for a million reasons. First of all, being that they're gone. Mm-hmm. But also from a creative perspective, you're really in a pinch. What do you do? Yeah. Off screen death. I am not a fan of a lot in most cases. In this case, I think it might have been the right move, even though you know it's not going to be great. It's not going to be the greatest plot point, but you have to get through it. And I think that that's probably the best way to go. Yep. Just ki- just kill her off screen and explain it, and then you know, yeah, she can be a force ghost. She can. I don't know. I don't know. That's that, that's what I think you do. Because think about it, because <clears throat> the, the beginning of Rise of Skywalker started off a little bit rocky. I think, yeah. And when when Leah, Le- Leah, Leah, when Leia does finally pass away near the end of the film, it gives them this spark of just motivation to just like focus in and just win, right? Yeah. They could have had that at the beginning. And just have that as their motivation to win from the beginning. And the stakes would have been higher from the start. We would have been in for a much more vibrant ride from the get-go. Yeah, I think um, just going a little higher level on Mm -hmm. this, in general, the pacing of the movie was extremely quick. Yes. It's, I mean, far and away the most action-packed Star Wars movie we've gotten. Easy. And, And at the beginning, you know, kind of what you're alluding to, there's a lot happening. And not all of it's being explained. Yes. It's just fast and furious. And I think that that's, you know, for the most part, I think that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Some of it felt, in my opinion, unnecessary. You know, we're jumping. Why do we have six different planets and all these new characters and people who are popping up and then going away? And, you know, like there was a lot going on there. Now, in the process, JJ did a good job of starting to build the story out. Yes. You know, he was, he, what JJ did a really good job of in the early going is laying seeds that he could grow for the rest of the film. So even while things felt hectic and chaotic, the things that mattered stuck out Mm -hmm. and they came back later in the movie. So I thought that that was good. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about the pacing because what, what I think you're kind of saying is like b- before Leia dies, we're flying all over the place. We're building our story out. We're getting a bunch of stuff done. And then after Leia dies, we kind of like, whew, you know, the pacing kind of spreads out. It feels a little bit less hectic. It feels a little bit more organized and we get a, you know, a little bit more linear mm-hmm. as it goes. Is that kind of where you landed or? Um- Am I just picking up on subtext there? No, you're good. It definitely the the drive is very focused once she passes away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the 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 middle chunk of this movie is its strongest. Actually, okay. yeah, yeah. Which where would you say that starts? Oh, that's hard. Um, Before she shoots the electricity out of her fingers. I would say that moment starts it. That moment starts it. Okay, that's that's, that's what I would kind of use as like the first milestone. Yeah. Yep. And that would probably go up until... Until she dies, honestly. (laughs) For me. Until Leia dies. Yes. Yeah, sure. I feel like that chunk is is very... You're so intrigued. Once she shoots that electricity out of her hands, you're like, oh, crap. She's a Palpatine. That's the first... So that's the first moment I can remember being like, whoa. That's Mm -hmm. the first time I got the goosebumps, the 
the like first time I was genuinely surprised in the movie and I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. There's moments in, in movies like th- throughout all movies where you're like, okay, what's going to capture me. And that's what it was in this movie. You're, you really hope to get that in the first few minutes of a film, but this one, you know, so when you start it, when you're in the theater, you see the movie, you remember that there's people around you. You remember looking at the screen, there's curtains around it, but that's when you just like, it all disappears. And yeah. That, that's like, that was like that moment there. There should be a name for that. Or you just completely yeah, no. just zone in. Yeah, just totally immersed in Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I'll disagree with you slightly in the sense that I thought that the, the last triad of the movie was the best part. The okay. last third of it. Yeah. Um, because I like what we got with Ben Solo. Yes. I like that things were finally coming together. What was really interesting to me about this movie and what kind of bothered me a little bit about it is that it felt like jj was making two movies in one mm-hmm. and that's why it's felt so frantic and that was something that i was concerned about going into this movie was that he was going to say well either either jj didn't like where last jedi left him or kathleen kennedy and the people at lucasfilm we're listening to the fans and hearing the fans didn't like where last Jedi left us. Mm-hmm. We got some work to do because there was some, there was some retconning. There was. there was some manufacturing of things. There was some throwing out of things to get to where JJ wanted them to go. And that's why I think you and I, I think by process of elimination agree that the first part of the movie struggles mm-hmm because we're throwing stuff out the window. We're deciding what stuff we're keeping, what stuff we're getting rid of. Oh, dude, they even, they throw the, the Holdo maneuver under the bus. I hated that. In, like, immediately. I was I was very angry that yeah. they, because first of all, it felt incredibly forced. Yes. And second of all, for them to just trash that controversial thing with one line of dialogue was brutal. Just don't even talk about it. Yeah, so, um, is it Pippin or Mary? From Lord of the Rings. Oh, you're not a Lord of the Rings guy. Not yet. But that guy, um, the guy who says it, let's just, you know, let's go, let's just hold a maneuver all these guys. Let's yeah. start blowing stuff up. And uh, Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron is like, you know that's a once in a lifetime thing and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's a retcon, it's gone. That's how they explain why that move will never be done again because it's a one shot. Right. No elaboration, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is <laughs> didn't need to be said. lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's lazy. It's cowardly. You know, I think to, it's, it's obviously caving into the, the demands of the fans there a little mm-hmm. bit, but there was a lot of that going on. Like Luke reappears as a force ghost and it's like super fun, loving, you know, here's my sister's lightsaber. And I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, Basically, he was like, here's what we needed to get to in our training that we didn't get to, which I was like, ah, that's kind of retconning the whole, his training of Ray on the, yeah, on the island, on the rocks. Yeah. And then you get like, I mean, Rose, <laughs> where, where is she? In the background, the she, entire she time. She gets nothing and makes it from a uh, consistency standpoint, makes no sense. Um, so yeah, you basically get to, you get the sense that. JJ was like, well, here's what I would have done if I had the whole trilogy to myself. I'm going to squ- I'm going to smash all this stuff in here and we're going to move on. You know what could have been cool? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if it would have worked. Uh, cuz there there would be a lot of secrecy to make this happen. What if because you said that maybe maybe it should have been two films because they tried to cram it into Yeah. Two. 
what if we had a surprise to be continued and we when they did split it what if no hey, that would have been cool that would have been cool. Be cool like <clears throat> sorry my throat is crazy right now um wouldn't it be cool if we had all of a sudden like we get to a certain point obviously before the the final battle with emperor palpatine but we all of a sudden they just say to be continued in episode 10 run credits yeah we're breaking the we're breaking the mold here you know you're expecting a trilogy you're not gonna get it mm-hmm. i think some people would be mad because it'd feel like a money grab i think some reddit user would ruin it Destroy by being them. like oh, i know that there's an episode 10 coming <laughs> and here's how <laughs> they've, uh, they've taken an illegal pirated picture of yeah that, that here's text. them filming episode 10 but i don't know that, so yeah i think that would have been cool um but yeah, he tried to. I really feel like JJ tried to stuff two movies worth of content into one movie, which leads to it feeling really rushed. And the whole time, I think I was kind of like, "Okay, that's good, like mm-hmm. that." And then it's like, "Okay, what are we doing here? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. This is weird." <laughs> and it just here's here's my big takeaway. It's it is the most corporate Star Wars movie we've ever gotten. Sure, it's the safest Star Wars movie we've ever gotten. And for the final episode to be so safe. Uh, just uh, yes it makes me squirm it makes me squirm i mean this movie had no guts yep. nothing it didn't and and i like jj a lot you know this mm-hmm. but this movie had no guts okay they somewhat kill chewy for like 10 minutes but it's like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then it's like oh yeah he's alive no nope. i was... and then they wipe c-3po's brain and they're like well he's not going to be able to get it back and then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, it's back. R2 downloads it again. Like, no risks were taken. Noth- they kill one guy. It's been Solo. Yes. Which they... And no one cares. No, they don't. Right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't care. I didn't. I thought it was... Actually, here's what I'll say. It was a great ending for that character. The best ending. He's doing. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do, which is finish what darth vader started Mm -hmm. he did it he took out the sith he gave his life for it similar to darth vader but the reason you don't care is because they i'll put jj and ryan johnson under the bus for this one they didn't build us a strong enough kylo ren Mm -hmm. we didn't get a good enough character in my opinion and so i would love to care more because it's actually a really compelling ending to his storyline and the whole ben solo thing but they didn't make us care about that character at all. Well, and it's so quick. We have like this, this like rapid fire Romeo and Juliet thing happening. Um, where, yeah. So earlier on, Ray kills him. Well, almost kills him, heals him. Uh, then, then we have this fight, and we think Ray dies. She's good. She comes back up, and then he just like fades away. Moments. It's yeah. so it's so quick. It in, is in that scenario because because you finally have these somehow in a twisted way have them as romantic love interests again not built appropriately but they shouldn't it should either have been no kylo ren death or ray's death in my opinion because i think that when i think they should have both died both died also would have been great i think they should have both died i'll go into that in a little bit more but i'll let you finish yeah so like ray dying huge yeah huge we we see her she is the the the, just the protagonist as soon as the final uh final trilogy begins and 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 so i think it'd be fantastic i think it'd be a wonderful story for her and then we have kylo ren we have ben standing uh under the binary sun saying my name is skywalker beautiful 
right? Oh yeah. Or it would make it that much more powerful if he lived and Ray lived when they're they're there under the suns, and Ray still gets the line, but she looks over on Kylo just in a in a pod racer or whatever you want it to be. Oh god. And then she looks back and says, Skywalker. You know, that that line doesn't work unless they they had more of a real a real love interest for her to just claim that she's a Skywalker is doesn't really make it for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, it still gave me chills, but I wanted it to be stronger. See, I never, I never got chills, man. Yeah, I didn't. I think the electricity scene was the closest. I think it was actually, yeah. Um, somebody on Facebook, I think it was Megan asked me how many times did you cry or like asked both of us, how many times did you cry? Didn't cry once. Yep. Didn't cry once. Didn't feel particularly moved by the movie. And that's why I think it's a little bit of a disservice, slight disservice that I didn't see it a second time before we reviewed it. Mm. Um, but I do feel like I, I got a really good viewing experience. I saw everything I needed to see to be able to give a good review, but it just didn't move me. You know, I just didn't. And man, does that suck? Yeah. It just sucks. And I may, maybe I'm the only person in the world who didn't get moved by this movie, but like I really thought I'd be bawling my eyes out at the end of this one. It's so, the end of something that I've loved for my entire life. Yep. And it just didn't feel like it to me. So let's talk about both of them dying. What's your theory there? Okay. So what I think was probably the most cowardly move in this whole movie is them not killing Ray. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been better if they both died, but I think they for sure had to kill Ray. And here's why. What you get in The Force Awakens and into The Last Jedi, really strongly in The Last Jedi, is uh, something that we talked about last episode whenever I was on my Last Jedi rant. The Force is for everybody. That's the message of this trilogy, in my opinion, is that the Force is for everybody. That there are people who have you know, abilities to manipulate the force in ways that are greater than others. But the force itself is meant to be used by everybody, which is why Finn is force sensitive. And mm-hmm. that, that is built, you know, I've been arguing again, arguing with internet trolls about all of this stuff. I've had a lot of people tell me, well, the whole Finn being force sensitive thing didn't get introduced until the last Jedi. wrong they, they heavily allude to it in the force awakens mm-hmm. heavily. Why else is he? So, there's a scene in The Force Awakens where Finn picks up the lightsaber and goes toe-to-toe with Kylo Ren. Yep. And during that exchange, Kylo gives him a look like, like hey, how's there's, that possible? there's something here. I can feel it. Okay, so that lays the seed for it. But anyway, Finn is Force-sensitive. The kid at the end of Last Jedi who forces the mop into his hand. Which, why didn't they bring some of that back into I know. this, you know? So that, to me, is the whole story. Is like, look at the Resistance. You know, I talked about how the Resistance... Um, we find out in episode eight, maybe isn't purely good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's kind of bad. You know, people are dying. They're not making things better mm-hmm. there. It, what it really is, is it's a product of the first order. The resistance exists because the first order exists and neither of them are right or good. Mm-hmm. So it's becomes about creating balance. And that they do a good job of explaining within the plot and the dialogue of, of this one. I think. So yeah, I think so too. They, 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 they don't hit you over the head with it. But they they do they do lay the groundwork and they talk. About yeah, that. I'll give you that. I'll yep. give you that. And with the whole like, the resistance is the spark that lights the fire. Mm-hmm. That the whole thing was like the force is for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not for just Ray. It's not for just Kylo Ren. Whatever those guys may be force sensitive, but overall the Jedi are not the good guys like we thought. I mean they are in a sense that they are 
they are the counter to the evil. Yes. But both of them existing is bad. Yes. You know, there needs to be balance. There needs to, they can't, there can't be these extremes. The Jedi only exist because the Sith do. So the best way to wrap up that arc is to kill the only known Jedi left Mm -hmm. and restore balance to the force. Meaning that, Hey, we all know about the force. Now it's there. We all have it in us. We can use it. It's with us. And we don't need Jedi because there's no Sith. And mm-hmm. If there's no Sith, there doesn't need to be any Jedi and vice versa. They are, you know, they live together yin and yang. And when one disappears, the other should as well. That's, right. that's my thought. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that, you know, <laughs> and it's going to sound contradictory because I'm going to say that this movie was fan service to the utmost. And I think that that's a mistake because I don't think fans know what's good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am coming up with my own fan theory and saying it would have been better. But I'm just saying, like, this movie was too safe, in my opinion. Once again, why we should be these consultants on every movie that comes to theaters. <laughs> yeah, we know everything, Kirk, I that guess. That says, okay, listen, I like what you did here, but we're going to go into reshoots. <laughs> this is what we're going to do instead. Yeah, and I mean, by no means do I think that that's the perfect plot line. But I, I do strongly feel that it's a better, I think it's a better ending. Mm-hmm. And this is the end of the saga. What does Ray need to be alive for? Nothing. What does anybody need to be alive for? They needed her to be alive for that final line, which was a powerful line. But again, it could have gone several Could have been delivered ways. when she was in the f- in the throes of battle with mm-hmm. Palpatine, and then she gives up her life to, you know, restore balance. Correct. I, yeah, I thought it was a little bit cheap. It felt like way too calculated way too corporate like no so we're gonna kill somebody so that there's stakes <laughs> but it's gonna be kylo because nobody likes kylo nobody <laughs> buys the kylo toys nobody cares about him but they do i've seen like so many uh lightsaber kids getting lightsabers for christmas they're all kylo lightsabers well the sith lightsabers are cooler they're incredible they're way they're way cooler um always have been i had the count dooku lightsaber growing oh, up sick. Just yes. with the curved handle oh, it's so great yeah so i don't know i I, I think that was my, my main, my literally my biggest gripe is that this movie was too safe. Mm-hmm. So on, on the other two things that I mentioned with Chewie and 3PO, Chewie, for what purpose do we ever need to think that Chewie's dead? No. I mean, I guess you could say, um, Jackie actually countered me with this whenever I brought that point up. She's like, well, it's to show her that she's capable of using the electricity, that she's capable of getting so angry that she can generate Sith abilities and has that power and that side to her fair, but like why Chewie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, why not? Like, cause Chewie, while being a great character, there's no re he has no plot purpose. You mm-hmm. know, he's a great auxiliary character, but he has no skin in the game. So why should he, why should he die? Why should we even think that he's dead? So you're saying they should have used it against someone else. Yeah. Like Finn, like kill Finn, Finn, right? Finn would have been there. a good one. Mm-hmm. Like to, fake kill Finn. Sure. And be like, oh man, she killed Finn. Because that's her buddy. Yeah. Like, Chewie has been like her adopted buddy. Yeah. But that's that's and her Finn go-to. is like a character who actually like has a plot purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like this really great auxiliary character. Like he actually drives home the core plot of the movie. And so it would have been a little bit more compelling. Yeah. But they they not only do they use this character who, you know, they know will elicit emotion from people because everybody loves Chewy because there's no reason not to love Chewy, mm-hmm. but they don't even commit to that for more than 10 minutes. They're like, well, we can't let people think that he's actually dead. Regardless of, <laughs> of who they wanted to choose in that point. I thought like, this is great. 
I'm I'm a little sad that it's Chewie, um, but how bold! It was a bold choice to kill him up until they opened the blast door and he was fine. I was like, no, yeah. keep him dead. Well, and like, why does C-3PO get his memory back? No, there's no point. Would have been a really another plot. That's another subplot. I think they killed. C-3PO, Leia says in this movie, they make a point to have her say, never underestimate a droid. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was going to happen was 3PO was going to give up all of his memories, everything he knows, for the sake of the cause. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, he would still be inherently good. You know, Even not having been through everything that he's been through, he would still side with the resistance, he would still side with the good guys, and would still give everything for them because he's inherently good. Mm-hmm which would give value to that character more so than just, you know, him being a droid who's been through all these things that make him a good person. Mm -hmm. I thought they like putting his memory back kind of ruined that whole thing. I thought that once, once Babu Frick, um, wiped, you know, took his memory, wiped it, got the, got the, whatever it was, you know, the whole rest of the plot. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought they should have just shut him down, left him there. Done. That's what that's what I was expecting because they mess because they messed was Chewie back at that point. Chewie, yes, he had already returned by that point because it wasn't very long. Well, no, I don't think so. So maybe not. But yeah, so I was like, all right, they're dropping people. Yeah, let's go. Like, what's happening here? I was I was fully expecting them to drop three three P off. So I like that call too. It would if they would have just totally been done with them because. It would have been the perfect way for 3PO to go out, just like totally serving. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, you know what? I have to do this. Like we talked about, just <laughs> completely sacrificing. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, that's totally what he would do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are the things that I have problems with, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, other things, Carrie Russell, why is she even in this movie? Okay, so the good question. Yeah. However, I thought she was fantastic. So she's good. Yeah. But like she gets no screen time. Yeah. We don't see your face. It pulls away. And yeah, if, if you didn't know everyone out there, unless you're a big Carrie Russell fan and you recognize her voice and her That's eyes. Her eyes. I love <laughs> Carrie Russell's eyes. Because if you haven't seen her in enough things, you would not recognize her. She is the old flame love interest of Poe Dameron. Zori? Sure. I think. Which I was convinced she was going to be a, a full-on villain in this when, mm. I, when we saw the casting announcements. That didn't be. That wasn't the case, which is fine. But she pulls away from the whole... Um, Ray and Poe love story, and it, 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 at first I was like, "All right, let's go, let's go." Car- Carrie Russell's wonderful; she's doing a great job. Let's make these end up together, and then they don't really fully end up together. Yeah, do you think there is a Poe and Ray love story? Kind of, right? Like when they when they finally meet at the end of Force Awakens, they're oh, like, "Oh man, I didn't hey. get that. I didn't get that vibe." Oh, there's a very. I think it's poignant. Yeah, maybe that's it's fine. Not, that's fine. Maybe it's more of a. a just like we're all buddies we're all friends which is fine too but then they make this this uh battle between finn and poe about basically struggling to be the better friend or slash love interest of ray and then it ultimately just falls flat there too like they just didn't know what they wanted to do with those three relationships by the time we got here to rise of skywalker yeah i i mean even though she was okay i didn't didn't love that character Mm -hmm. at all um didn't really like Jana that much either just because i felt like they were way underdeveloped yes i also felt like felt like the whole tribe of people who were stormtrooper defectors was a weird thing to throw in (laughs) and like kind of takes away from finn and how special you know he's kind of a special character 
you know, he's a stormtrooper that defected. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Not as cool now because there's like a whole group of them and they have like a secret society and all this stuff. I was very surprised by that choice. Yes. Um, But I think I really like what they did with Kylo. Mm -hmm. I wish we liked that. I wish I liked that character more personally. I wish they would have built him up a little bit more. And I'm I'm okay with where we ended. Are you okay with where we ended? Yeah. All things considered, you know, by the time we got to the end of this film, um, Minus Kylo dying, I really just didn't want him to die. I wanted Ray to die, or them to, or both of them to survive. You wanted both of them to die. I didn't want him to die by himself. Yeah. Um, but I can't change it. Uh, I thought it was a little silly when he just disappeared after his very quick death. Yeah. But you know, I'm, he did the Han Solo shrug though. Did you see that? He did. Yes, he did. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. It was very good. Wait, but also the Knights of Ren. Why were they in this movie? They yeah. Didn't they didn't serve any purpose whatsoever. <laughs> we got no explanation of them. So it sounds like I'm just, it sounds like both of us are picking apart this movie, but here, here's my opinion on that. Yep. This movie is honestly solid. It, it, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's too safe. It's too corporate. And if you think about it for any extended period of time, like I have for the last two weeks, <laughs> it starts, in my opinion, to crumble in your fingers. Yes. If you analyze it enough. So for me, I don't feel like it was the best final movie, but I'm okay with where they ended it. I think that when you put these three movies together, it's weird. I I just really do. And I, and I liked all of them for different reasons. Mm -hmm. I liked the force awakens and the last Jedi more. And I realized that the force awakens and the last Jedi are very different from one another as well. But this trilogy, when you put it all together, I think it has some issues. Mm -hmm. I wish that, um, I wish that one of two things would have happened. One, either Colin Trevorrow got that Colin Trevorrow got to direct this movie. I think it would have been great. I think he's a good director. He directed uh, Jurassic World, which was, in my opinion, a near impossible task to bring that you know series back to life and do so in a great way. I thought he did an excellent job. Yep. And I think he would have done a good job and would have brought his own flavor to this trilogy. You know, the original trilogy was directed by three separate directors, four, five, and six. So mm-hmm. the, the original plan was to kind of recreate that vibe by doing the same thing here with J.J., then Ryan Johnson, then Colin Trevorrow. I would have really liked to see that happen. Creative differences happen with episode nine. Colin Trevorrow departed. JJ steps in. So what you end up with is JJ making his episode eight and nine in one movie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If we couldn't have that, I'd rather have either JJ or Ryan Johnson direct all three movies straight through. And hot take. If I had to pick one, I would pick Ryan Johnson because I really felt like he had courage and I felt like se- episode seven and episode nine were both very safe. Mm-hmm. I think we would have gotten a bolder story. I think we would have gotten more shock and awe. And um, if we had a, if we had a Ryan Johnson trilogy and I know that he's, you know, tapped to direct more star Wars films in the future. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. But I think we, I think they did the fans a great disservice by having this disjointed, well, it's JJ, then it's Ryan, then it's JJ. That was kind of a weird thing. Right. So that's my overall take. But, I mean, ultimately, episode nine gets the job done. It, it does what I expected 
in a lot of cases. I think there were uh, plenty of things that I would have changed, like Ray being a Palpatine wouldn't have had that happen. Mm-hmm. Would have killed Ray for sure. Would have probably killed her and Kylo. Would have probably left C-3PO dead, like you said. Oh, I mean, I would have at least let his memory stay unwiped. I didn't really think about the concept of killing him. Mm-hmm. But just would have taken some more chances and make it a little bit bolder. And would dry, would definitely focus in on the whole the forces for everything, for, for everybody mm-hmm. thing. Because um, I actually had a had somebody in a comment section argue with me on that. That, oh, the people who decided the forces for everybody are the same people who like participation trophies. And I was like, (laughs) well, no, no, I think it's, I think you can look at that one of two ways. You can look at it the warped and angry way that you're looking at it, or you can say everyone matters, which I think is a really compelling and important message Mm -hmm. at this current stage of just kind of where we're at. You know, people have a hard time feeling like they matter in current society. And I think it would be cool to be like, Hey, everybody matters. Everybody can use the force. It connects us all. It unites us. And I think that's Boom, always, I would have loved that story. It's always been this story. And just, hasn't, yeah, even, it, even beyond this trilogy, it hasn't just, it just hasn't been amplified, but it's always been there. Yeah. So I would have liked that story more, yes. but where we end is good. I, I, I like that she's kind of putting the lightsabers on, in the sand to be like, hey, this is done. We're mm-hmm. moving on. It's over. She, I like that she has the moment where she's like, hey, Palpatine may be my name, but it's not my family. These guys are my family. They raised me, and I care about them. I, I liked all of that. So yep. I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, once I hear your thoughts, I'll give my score. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to like run through and like pick, pick the positive things out of my list here too. Same thing. So lightsaber, lightsaber battles in this film were incredible. Good. Yep. We had these long sweeping battles that we hadn't seen in a long time in force awakens nor in, uh, last Jedi. Yeah. And that was a big deal. When I saw them start, I expected them to end quickly and there were like three significant lightsaber battles. And I think there were like four other like small brief ones where they were pulling the lightsabers out. They were using the force push to, to complement it. So bravo on making sure that we had lots of that because that's critical to the, to the Jedi way. They were all so good. And so many, um, lots of people did not like the force reach, uh, where, where he gets her necklace and, uh, where Kylo reaches through where they, where he's trying to figure out and locate her. And again, that's with like new force powers. It's consistent with what was established in episode eight. It is. And bravo, bravo for JJ Abrams for continuing that and for you utilizing that effectively and how it played out in, in all three stages of the film where it happened. I thought, whoa, this is neat. This is really cool. All the way to the end where the lightsaber gets dropped into Kylo's hand. Um, but a little silly that he threw his lightsaber away, although it was a Sith lightsaber and he needs a lightsaber to save himself. So yeah. it's like, could he have thrown it away after he like raged in there and yeah. also killed the Emperor? Whatever, you know, but no big deal. Uh, so I thought, I thought that was fantastic. Um, it's going to get a lot of heat. Uh, I don't know if it has already for having identical ending scenes of killing Emperor Palpatine and uh, Thanos in Avengers. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read much about people thinking that, but I, I had a similar thought. Right. I am inevitable. I am the Sith. I, you know, I am the Jedi. I am Iron Man. So that was definitely there. I don't know if Disney was like, let's do this. We know people loved that. <laughs> <laughs> let's just play our hits, baby. Feed, feed it back right to them, you know? Um, but it, so my, I, my eyes rolled a little bit at that, but then I was like, well, how else do you 
do you wrap this? You know, it was it was a very big epic moment. What what do you do? Um, so whatever, we'll we'll pass over that one. Um, so I also loved how evil um, Palpatine just still is, just like oh, straight yeah. up. Just he got thrown down the main shaft of the Death Star, <laughs> and he has not lost a step. He's like just the hatred. Yes, the incarnate. Mo- the, just every word he speaks is evil, and I think that is such a great talent as an actor to just. <laughs> inject evil into every word you speak i don't don't think that many other people can do that um i think we've talked about how villains have to be very crafty and how they establish motive yeah i don't even think i really genuinely don't think the emperor has many motives other than what's his motive just to rule everything just to win that's it it's it's his super objective he has no other mini objectives he's gotta respect it and the moment he comes on to the moment he dies he is just he just lights up the the screen. So bravo! Has he been in every single Everyone. role? Yep, it's awesome. Him and Anthony Daniels, I think, are the the two that have been there. That's fantastic. Since the beginning. Or I guess he wasn't in episode. Was he in episode one? Yeah. Yes. Palpatine's in there. I thought he skipped one. Not skipped one, but no. I'm pretty. I'm almost positive. I'll I'll check while you. Or Force up. Awakens, right? That'd be the only one. Oh yeah, I forgot right? about that. Because, well, he's not in Last Jedi either. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. He's in all of the original ones, and then he's in this one. Six and yeah, nine. Yeah, one yeah. through six Sorry. and nine. There we go. Yeah. So I loved all of the all of the voices coming back when they're when they're cheering Ray on right there at the yeah, end. Yeah, tons of them. Tons. People like, from the animated shows, too, yeah. which was really cool. Ahsoka Tano, I heard her voice. I was like, wow, that's nifty. Yeah. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Uh, who else do we have? Um Qui-Gon Jinn. Yoda comes is, in there, of course. Yoda's Yoda's obviously in there. Obi-Wan, for sure. Um, tons of good ones. That, yeah. That was really great. So all, all, all of the picking apart aside, all the right balls are in the air for this film, and they really give you an answer to everything. You know, people came up to me and they were saying, well, do they wrap it up? They wrap it up. Yeah, they, that's that's what I basically said to people. Like, they, they, they finish it. Yeah. So with that said... Um, we'll, we'll hear Cameron's score. <laughs> yeah, I I think this movie is perfectly okay. <laughs> I think that it's I think that it gets the job done, and I'm okay with where they left it. I think they could have done better. I think they could have done a lot worse, a lot lot worse than what what we got. Yes. Um, sorry, I keep having more thoughts. JJ, I I will give this to JJ, even though I kind of dissed him by saying I wanted an all Ryan Johnson trilogy. That his his artistic touch to his movies just incredible Mm -hmm. this movie looked great beautiful i I believe it was shot on like on film on celluloid it was not digitally shot yeah i think i think that's correct so bravo again and it looked he got some great shots whenever all the um sith destroyers are in the air with the lightnings (sighs) all around it i just there were so many shots that i was like man that's incredible he's got practical shots on lock no one can touch him on that you know i'm sure he figured out a way to make that you know in 30 years when we watch that it'll be like oh that really happened it must have really happened yeah so with all that in mind i'm giving this movie a c 7.5 out of 10 okay 7.5 just right right there 75 oh man my score for the rise of Skywalker. This is a big moment. Yeah. This is a big moment. I was going to say the same score as you. So. Were you really? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> no way. <laughs> we got to stop being so similar. It's I not know. interesting. It's not interesting. All right, four. I'm going to go to four. Yeah, you hated it. <laughs> Let's just re-record the whole thing. Oh, you can give it a 7.5. No, I went 100%. 7.5 was in my mind from the moment I left the theater. Yep. And I was like, is it a 7.5? And I've gone back and forth. I've looked through all these notes. And yeah, man, 7.5 uh, is, is all together here. And I think that we've probably picked this movie apart more than we have some of some of the other movies that we've given scores in that region. But I think that's just because there's a lot there, you know, it's star Wars Mm -hmm. and we're both passionate about it. We know a fair amount about it. I've seen all the movies a thousand times. And so I think that ultimately you're, you're just left with the decision. Do I want to, do I want to pick it apart or do I want to just like look at the core of it and say, this is what we got. What do you think? I don't think there's any other franchise of film out there that people can do this to. Yeah, it's true. It's so unique because like, uh, so let's say that we, we were around when Avengers came out, people were just excited to see what was going to happen. But because there's so the expansion of the world of star Wars and the lore and the canon is so vast. It's like, there's so many different ideas on how it should go. And my way is the best way. Your your way sucks. Is that it's a lot, a lot of the theory of, of everyone, uh, of especially yeah. the toxic fandom. It is, yeah. So how do you make it perfect? You can't. You can't. You can't answer everyone's need. You can't. I hope. I hope the toxic fans are happy because this movie is of their creation. Yes. It's sad, but it is. They they created this thing for mm-hmm. better or worse. This was fan service. You know, just straight up. Give the people what they want was the was probably the motto of the production of this film. Yeah. So I hope they enjoyed what they got. <laughs> this is they built this thing. They really did with all of their comments. You know, they 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 kind of built this movie mm-hmm. and it's not a terrible movie. You know, it's you know, they got I'm sure they got what they wanted for the most part. I think a lot of people did. Because we got the we got the kind of the reverse effect in terms of like reviews for this movie because we talked about the last Jedi had high critic score, low fan score. Mm-hmm. This movie had middle ground critic score. I'm talking about Rotten Tomatoes, of course, high fan score, and so that's kind of where we're at. And I use Rotten Tomatoes just because they are sort of like the industry standard because they can, their whole model is that they conglomerate reviews. Mm-hmm. I know <laughs> I was. Again, arguing with internet trolls, there was a guy who was like, well, we know that Disney paid for The Last Jedi to get strong reviews. I was like, do you know how Rotten Tomatoes works, bud? (laughs) There's a bunch of independent publications, you know, like hundreds of them, and they just aggregate scores. That's And then they decide, was that a good score or a bad score? And that's a percent, like, come on. Right. That conspiracy theory is one that I'm just like, please stop. In the world of reboots, do you think that there are films that are untouchable? And if so, could Star Wars, will Star Wars ever be remade in like 40 years? Oh, like the Skywalker stuff? Any of it. It's, Star- it's untouchable. One through nine. Yeah. Yeah, it's untouchable. I don't think they could ever do it. No, I don't think they should. Yeah, I agree. I think Harry Potter's untouchable. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather is certainly untouchable. Um yeah, I think there's plenty of untouchables out there. Uh, Avengers, obviously. They can just keep adding more. Yeah, I mean, that'll exist for the rest of our lives, probably. Is that, isn't <laughs> yeah, that I mean, neat to think it, about? It is. I mean, I think they've they've invented a new genre there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this is totally untouchable. I don't think it'll ever be 
tampered with again. And I think that's exactly how it should be. I wonder, and this is a good thing to end on with this. I wonder how we'll feel about this trilogy in the future. Mm-hmm. I do wonder because time softens the heart. Yes. <laughs> and I was actually really favorable of each movie individually for the most part. I mean, um, compared to the prequels, which people were merciless about I mean, <laughs> yeah. just really, but even the prequels, you know, any star Wars fan I talk to is like, you know what? The prequels, I understand them now. Like I'm okay with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that way whenever they came out. Cause I was a little kid and I didn't really know good from bad, but like, I watch them now and I'm like, sure, they're not great. There's bad acting. There's bad writing. It's goofy, but it's Star Wars. It still feels like Star Wars. It's cool. Yeah. And like what the story they tell is one that I care about for sure. Yeah. Do you think that uh, when you when you watch these again, when we're older or when we show our kids this without the nastiness and the battles that are the social media battles and, and, uh, and, uh, talk show battles. Do you think with that removed from their brain, they can see these films in a different light? I think, I think so, but I do think that this, tr- this final trilogy is going to feel disjointed. Yeah. I think it will no matter what. True. Um, cause I had watched the last Jedi multiple times in the week leading up to nine and where we started with that felt different altogether. Mm hmm. So I think it will feel a little disjointed. And I, yeah, again, I'm like, I'm kind of upset about that. I think, I think seven and eight work. They're different movies, but they actually work together. And if you watch them, that's why, that's why I'm always so surprised by the hatred towards the last Jedi, because I think in a lot of ways, Ryan Johnson really just kept going with what JJ started. He took it farther for sure, but he, he didn't like recreate the wheel by mm-hmm. any means. So I, I like don't know. It. I think, I think people will, I think people will soften on this, all of this. And everybody will want to own the inevitable box set that comes out, you know, mm-hmm. and and everybody, there's still Star Wars fans. They're still going to geek out when they go see it at Disney World. They're going to like all this stuff. I don't know. So That's my take. join us again on episode 5,472, where we reference. Yeah, the, where we take a look back. Yes. Yeah, let's let's book it. What would you say? 5,472, I think. Okay, writing that down. <laughs> Godspeed. All right, that is a wrap on Star Wars. That's a wrap on the Skywalker saga. It's gone. It's dead. It's over. What's next? Well, immediately or like in general, like in the world. It's in life. Um, <laughs> well, more Star Wars movies are coming eventually. Yeah. But for right now, we're going to do Schoolyard Pick. Oh, that's right. We're going to do Schoolyard Pick, Kirk, and it's not about Star Wars because we already did our Star Wars Schoolyard Pick. Done. Which, by the way, I listened back. Attack of the Clones is your second pick. Is such a hot, scorching hot take. I know. Shocked and appalled by that. I know. I gasped out loud when I listened <laughs> to the episode because I was, like, my goodness. I realized did scandal. I, did I pick first in that that time? Yes. I mean, I could have destroyed you by just picking a, all the original trilogies and all the best ones. Well, no, I mean, I, yeah, I took A New Hope, but you could have just knocked me out and taken there. Empire and Return of the Jedi. So you know, yeah. through your bone. Through your bone, but I also enjoy Attack of the Clones for what for what it's worth for for the story that it builds. Mm-hmm. It's bold. Mm-hmm. It's a bold statement. I stand by it. Do you like the part where Anakin's like, "I hate the sand. <laughs> it's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere." That is, is that my your favorite. favorite part? Part? <laughs> yeah, thought so. Thought so. You strike me as a guy who would like that part, Kirk. I knew that you liked it. It's a the good writing one. is perfect. Oh man, great. Well, let's move into schoolyard pick. We're doing schoolyard pick of 
movies of the decade. Yes. Holy smokes. From 2010 to 2019. So I made my short list for this, and it is not short. No. No. A lot of stuff has happened. I know. The first thing I was like, did did No Country for Old Men come out this decade? No. Dang it. (laughs) That was literally my first thought, because I love that movie so much. I can't. uh, The list that I've made is not cohesive to everything that I've seen. Yeah. So I'm and, scared and let's just something. let's just say this: there there could be movies that we haven't seen this year that would maybe crack this decade, or yep. at least ones we haven't reviewed. So, I personally, over the last two weeks, I've seen Booksmart, mm-hmm. I've seen uh, Uncut Gems, I've seen Little Women. I did not include any of them in here because I don't want to spoil any right. future reviews that we do. Right. I also saw those minus Little Women. Yes. But I got to take my wife to see that. Yeah. And I want to see it too we'll have to review it maybe we'll do a double episode i don't know maybe i don't know i don't know new year's got we got big plans for the new year kirk 2020 coming in hot with popcorn for breakfast yeah but let's first turn the page on this decade by doing our schoolyard pick flip the script i get the first pick dang it read it and weep kirk but now i have the pressure what will be the first pick what will be the first pick what's it gonna be i am going to take I'm going to take La La Land because I just can't let this one sit on the board. I think it's pro. I think it is my favorite movie of the decade. I love this movie Mm -hmm. because I love musicals. I love Ryan, Ryan Gosling. I love Emma Stone. This is a story about people who have big giant dreams of which I am one. And I think most people are like that. It is super romantic about Hollywood and all of the amazing things you know, all the amazing things that film can make you feel, mm-hmm. which I like because I'm a lover of film. And so it kind of like pays homage to all those old classic musical movies. It's well directed, well acted. It's beautiful. I think it should have won Best Picture over Moonlight. I think those two movies are both incredible. Okay. And I think that Moonlight is Best Picture worthy. I just thought that La La Land was better that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just totally gutted me whenever they did the whole La La Land wins best picture. And then they switched the, oh, it hurt. It hurt bad. Brutal. So I'm going to take La La Land. That's a, that's, I hate you for, <laughs> for it's okay. That. You're allowed to hate me. That's all right. <laughs> oh man. So many movies, so many years. I'm going to go with one that was, I don't know if you're expecting this one go with the social network i was expecting that one dang it because it's on my list oh good but yes not only was it a fantastic film it also defines the past the past 10 years where would we be without oh i know facebook and any other kind of social media and that movie was just so well done i mean it kicks from the from the get-go from the moment it starts and you're on a wild ride finding out what mark zuckerberg did yeah. And oh man, Andrew Garfield is incredible in that. Mar- uh, I almost said Mark Zuckerberg is good in that. Um, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg is really great. Um, Justin Timberlake, eh, he's okay. He's pretty good. He has, he has his moments, I should say. He's really good, but his best film role to date. Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. She's good. Yes, she is. Um, and the Army Hammer. It the, plays the Winklevite twins. In the only film he was ever successful in, right there. Ouch. <laughs> killer a piece of history <laughs> <laughs> wow shots fired there shots fired <laughs> indeed um good pick one of the best scored movies of all time in my personal opinion mm-hmm. trent reznor uh incredible job all right my second pick 
this one's gonna this one is gonna shock people who don't know me super well okay um this movie has a very this is all personal for me i'm taking moneyball okay i love this movie i love it so much it i've watched this movie five billion times brad pitt is incredible in this movie it definitely deserved to be oscar best picture nominated i think it should have won I get why people don't think it should have won, but I just really loved the movie. I thought it was a very different sports story. It was one that was I found exceptionally compelling. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Moneyball. I won't say anything more about it, except for the fact that I just love it. Mm-hmm. I just personally, is just one of my faves. Beautiful. Um, I'm going to pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ah, yes, of course. The old 9.9er. <laughs> Didn't want you to sneak in and steal my movie, so... Uh... I know that there might have been some urge to do that, so I appreciate you not doing that. So that that movie, um, I just got it from you and Jackie, actually, uh, for a birthday present. Happy birthday. Thank you. And I watched it immediately, immediately. <laughs> and I uh, loved it again. I, I watched it, and I was like, yep, 9.9, 100%. I do not disagree with my score. It's it's uh, it's very incredible. There's a lot of people who don't understand that movie. I've, un- I've now seen people like, this movie's boring. Nothing happens. What? Dude. There are okay, so everyone's many... entitled to their opinion. I will allow it. I don't know, man. It is not, not. You can't say that nothing is happening in that movie. There's a lot happening. Every scene. There's... You could probably say that about a lot of Tarantino movies. That like, I could see somebody being like, eh, nothing's really happening in some Tarantino movies. Not that one though. But that one especially. There's you have to. There's all. There's so much subtext happening uh, with the the placement, of the era of that movie, and what the actors are doing versus what they're not doing, saying versus what they're not saying. It's it's incredible and I love it. Good pick, good pick. Um, this next one I'm gonna pick because I don't want you to steal it from me. Dang it! What is it? I would have maybe picked it later, but I don't want you to steal it from me. Get out! I was gonna pick uh, that next. <laughs> I knew it. I could see it in your eyes, Kirk. Oh! I read you like a book. Sink into the floor. And I'm oh, dude. <laughs> I I love this movie because it's just so dang creative and it was it's one of the first thing it was one of the things that just really sticks out to me from this decade of film something i think i will remember forever how inventive this movie is and just the the genius of jordan peele whose newer movies are so scary that i can't even bring myself to watch them i will watch us because i want to see how amazing lupita inyango is Mm -hmm. but i will do it in daylight with my windows open no i keep them closed man (laughs) no windows open someone could come into your windows though well i know but it's gonna it's gonna be like the mailman or something it's not gonna be lupita and yango you never know man then i I can then i if something comes into my house i can jump out the window (laughs) that's that's the goal i see okay i see you now jordan peele is awesome this movie is incredible i loved it that's my pick my next pick Gonna go on the more of the Christopher Nolan train of Inception. Good one. Play with your brain. This this movie blew people's minds. People didn't understand it, but they loved it the moment they saw it. They were intrigued and they had to go back for more. I think this movie was big for me. I'd, I'd always loved film, um, old classic film and new, and this was such a game changer. And in, in the fact that it was so well thought out, so well crafted in every way, shape, or form. There's, there's really, I can't think of, if we would have rated Inception, it, it would have been a 9.9. Like if we rolled back to 2010. Um, it's really incredible and it really 
uh, helped shape these these psychological thrillers that we even see today and inception is on my pick every time yeah it's a good one it's a good one. I realized that I committed quite the sin earlier by failing to mention Memento when I was listening oh. to all the Chris Nolan movies. Of course. What an amateur. <laughs> I mentioned the following and didn't mention Memento. <laughs> Which, it's good. The following is good. Uh, I didn't like but it. it, it I didn't like that one. Nothing like the rest of his stuff. No, Memento is still... To me, Memento is the gold standard. Love it. You think so? I do, personally. Okay. I, I mean, lo- it's great. I loved it, man. The tattoos all over the body... It's incredible. I need to look at his full resume. It's Guy Pierce. Can we do a top a schoolyard pick of uh Are there of, enough? Of Christopher Nolan? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's enough. Yeah, there's probably enough. There's three Batmans in there. We're almost to ten just like that. <laughs> and I will take Batman begins. Um <laughs> uh, okay, well I'll I'll consider it. Maybe when Tenet comes out. That's that's we'll do the Tenet one. and we'll do a schoolyard pick. I'll write that down on the calendar too. So perfect. We'll do Schoolyard Pick of Chris Nolan and then episode 5,400 and what was it again? 24? <laughs> I just want to point out <laughs> that you are not actually writing that down. I'm pretending to write that. I'm calling you out. <laughs> uh, how dare you? I was pretending to write though. And that, it's the thought that counts, Kirk. Unless you've already like fast forwarded and you've seen Tenet and you are part of that that one step away from well, you inter- caught me. dimensional timeline. You caught me. I'm traveling both forward and backwards oh simultaneously. Simultaneously, as David Attenborough would say. Okay. <laughs> Number four. I only have two picks left. Can't blow it here. This is big. I want to go with my 9.9er. Marriage Story. Okay. Yeah, the recency effect here. Mm-hmm. Love it. You guys know my thoughts on it. I gave them to you all last week. Nothing more to say on that one except Sold. for, um, I lied, something to say. Adam Driver is awesome. I love Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. I want all of the Adam Driver. I've spoken to multiple people over the last couple of weeks who have seen marriage story and we're like adam driver i want all the adam driver and i was like yeah that's me i feel the same way he's he's hypnotizing the world with his amazingness Mm -hmm. my next pick this one oh this one's tough this might be on your list uh might be stealing it from you i'm gonna go with snowpiercer Ooh, it is on my short list. Mm-hmm. It is. It was a strong contender for number five. So, mm-hmm. well done, sir. Yeah, I gotta go with Snowpiercer. Did again. I'm I'm all about, um, just again broken broken expectations. You're like, no, eh, this is gonna be a movie about a train. No, no, it's not just about a train, dude. It's about so much more. And uh, I, if you have not seen this movie, again, stop what you're doing and go watch it right this very minute. That movie is awesome. It's incredible. That movie is awesome for about a billion reasons. Everything in it that happens is cool and amazing and unexpected. It's insane. I have not seen the T. Has the TV series dropped yet? I don't think so. No. Okay, cool. Because that's 100% yeah. no, going to be don't recorded. Think, I don't think that's out yet. I want to see what happens with it. So I'm very interested. The movie was is such an incredibly high bar mm-hmm. i'm ready for that's a continuation bong joon ho as well it is same guy who directed parasite mm-hmm. which and people are Okja, loving right? that and yeah. yeah about the giant pig mm-hmm. so there's that um yeah i want to see parasite really bad i'm really starting to get an itch for it i, I need to see i need it. it to drop on itunes so i, I can just buy it. it i have all these itunes gift cards from christmas and i think birthday. it's coming soon to uh yeah i think it's coming soon to digital so okay. i'm gonna google that while you give your last pick my last pick, and this one is hard. There are many, many good honorable mentions on the board. I mean, we have a whole decade of films here we're considering. 
A decade. It's insane. It's huge. But I'm going with, again, a little personal flavor here. Whiplash. Love it. It's the first Damien Chazelle feature film. It's a movie about drummer. I'm a drummer. I love it. It's really good. It has Miles Teller, who, as I said on last week's podcast, I would die for Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Can't even tell you why. Maybe it's this movie. It's probably this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this movie. It's incredible. J.K. Simmons won the Oscar, Best Supporting Actor. He did. And he well deserved. Definitely deserved it. He was incredible. It was a role that was just literally built for him. He yes. Just, it was perfect. He was in the short too, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. There was a short there before was a short the full before feature. The, that's right. That's right. And uh, again, this movie has an one of the best endings ever. Is that <laughs> safe to say? Yes. Lo- it's one of the best endings I've ever seen to a movie. I love the ending to this movie. Um, yeah, it's great. If you haven't seen Whiplash, check it out for sure. My final one. Final pick of the decade. This is just not fair. Did you have a little bit of anxiety picking your last one? No. Yeah, I did. Ugh. Many good films were considered. This is really is just an impossible task. Let's just throw that out there first. Um, for my for my last pick, I don't... Well, number one, I'd like to say that I always um, <clears throat> confuse Aubrey about, my, about this section of the podcast. Oh, yeah? Because she's like, I wouldn't have expected you to pick that one over that one. That's not how she talks, but she, she always is very excited to hear what both of us have to say. And she's like, that makes sense. Really? You know, for both of us. So I don't think anyone and you two are expecting this one. So yeah, this is like peering into the deepest parts of our being. Yes. That's right. Okay. You ready? It's very revealing. Yeah. I'm ready. And there, this is, this is a fantastic film for a lot of reasons. I'm stalling. Here we go. Room. With Brie oh, Larson. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> sure, go on. Uh, Brie, Brie Larson won her act, her Best Actress Award for yes. this. Yes. Yes, she sure did. We were introduced to Jacob Tremblay in this film. Mm, and a whole lot of creepiness. Oh. And I just think that her her story of survival is in, in this uh, capturing and enslavement situation is incredibly remarkable incredibly difficult to watch and so rewarding when she's finally uh finally freed from all of it and from from that and then from revisiting it after she escapes and it is such a ride of anxiety and uh, it's incredible to watch yeah heavy 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 stuff heavy movie good but a good choice yes well done well done all right let's do honorable mentions i'll go first Okay. <laughs> That's just executive order. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. Inside Lewin Davis. <coughs> Roma. The Shape of Water. Birdman. The Descendants. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't choose The Descendants. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boyhood. Manchester by the Sea. And Drive. Very good list. Very good list. Any uh, others that I, also, I missed? I also had um, Joker. Um, Booksmart was on mine. I really, really thought that was really really good um yeah watched it the other day um did you say bird band i did rats sing street um mm. pitch perfect man let me explain pitch perfect as an honorable mention this is a cultural phenomenon in the past decade it's true it is and i think it's just i think it's huge i think it it's shaped us it's uh, really again i'm going for big big culture pieces and that one definitely wins uh we had war horse great one really loved that um also going to go with another tarantino django unchained Love Django. Love it. Silver Lang's Playbook. 
Captain Phillips, there's another anxiety ride. I just love anxiety rides. Like, what can you do to me as a filmmaker and film creator? Um, anymore. Oh, American Sniper. Whew. That's a good one. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Brooklyn and... Oh, Hack- I love Brooklyn. <laughs> so I good. I love Brooklyn. I want to r- bring back up Hacksaw Ridge again. I want to bring back up... Um, no, I didn't bring this back up earlier. Sorry. Lady Bird, Dunkirk, and black clansman see and that's the thing is like they're they're just way too many good movies i could just go on yeah. i could just look at movies made dude and, and honestly i've said it a thousand times but i mean it after all the movies that i've seen this past two weeks and just ever since we started this podcast we picked an incredible year to start a movie podcast we did it is insane the caliber of movies i feel bad because I feel like our listeners only ever hear like, we love this movie. We love this movie. We love it. But literally like everything is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there have been very few bad movies and I know that it can't keep going for long and that we're going to have some stinkers, but man, it's been, it's been a ride. I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to think there was a, there was a year within this past decade that it was like, well, this year is terrible and I can't quite pinpoint it. I mean, I think it was the year that shape of water won. Shape of Water was a great movie and was like clearly the best picture that yeah. year, but like everything else I thought sucked. Yeah, what else was there <clears throat> with Shape of Water? Also the year that 127 Hours was nominated, that year sucked. Okay, so yeah, 127 Hours, then also True Grit, Social Network, Fighter, Winter's Bone, Inception, Black Swan, Kids Are All Right, Toy Story 3, and King's Speech nominees. Some of those movies just aren't that good. They aren't. They really aren't. Social Network probably should have won Best Picture, to be honest. Yeah. I like the King's Speech, but Social Network should have won. I think Social Network should have won as well. All right. We'll stop gushing. Yeah. We're just, now we're just chattering. <laughs> but that's uh, that's a wrap on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Thank you, guys. I, we, we're turning the page on this year. Um, we're, you know, half of a year into our podcast. We appreciate you guys being along for the ride. We appreciate, appreciate the listenership. Um, we have big, big plans for 2020. Going to be bringing you guys all kinds of new and fun things. Um, so more to come on that, but thank you for listening. We wish you a very prosperous 2020. And as always, we are thankful for Ryan Spriggs who helps us produce this podcast and for Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Airstead for our incredible theme music. We will see you guys in 2020. Talk to you then.
we are going to be reviewing The Mandalorian. This, uh, blah, 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 blah. For some reason, while you started it, like right after you said, welcome for the next, well, I was like, all right, I'm going to jump in like Jack Black and go, yeah, <laughs> like, for no reason. That's an, in- that's an interesting urge. Uh, I'm surprised you're able to hold that one off. <laughs> well, I thought you might absolutely kill me. No, like, I, if you had I, a good stream of thought. No, man. I never have a good stream of thought. All right, I'm perfect. Always, <laughs> I'm always just like running, running off, uh, I mean, it will scare me. Just full-blown, <laughs> it will scare me to death if you do it. So. Well, prepare yourself. Oh, gosh. Okay.